You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Jerry Baker. What's on your mind? We live in a political age that we might call the Great Inversion. Not very long ago, college-educated professionals voted Republican in vast numbers, while blue-collar workers picked Democrats. Now a college degree is the most reliable indicator of Democratic preference. The proletariat is dependably Republican. Liberals used to be passionate defenders of free speech. Now progressives seek to shut down dissent wherever they find it. But perhaps the most consequential inversion of all may be this. The switch the two main parties have made in their approach to governing. It was Will Rogers who's credited with the line, I'm not a member of any organized political party. I'm a Democrat. For decades, this was no joke. For the left, ideological purism was always more important than the messy, tedious, compromise-tainted business of actually governing. Republicans, like conservatives the world over, have traditionally tended to favor pragmatism over purity. For them, Benjamin Disraeli's dictum was paramount. Damn your principles, stick to your party. There were intramural fights, of course, vicious at times. And there were significant ideological changes over time. But the categorical imperative of politics, governing, generally prevailed. But today, it's the Democratic Party that may be the most ruthlessly organized and efficient political entity in the world. And I include in that the Chinese Communist Party. The Democrats took a 50-50 nation in 2020 after a contentious election won by the narrowest of margins, primarily because just enough voters saw them as the lesser evil. And then Democrats seized the opportunity to advance one of the most ambitious agendas of any government in recent history. Trillions of additional dollars in federal spending, expanded regulation, the steady erosion of the national border, and a relentless, intensifying war on our traditional culture and values. And we can denounce, and we should, the activism and deplore the outcome, but we can only marvel at the political efficiency with which it's been achieved. Democrats have been demonstrating this impressive willingness to band together for a long time. In 2009 and 2010, many of them voted for Obamacare, well aware that it would cost them their political futures. Joe Biden will shortly announce his candidacy for the Democratic nomination. Despite his age, his evident cognitive decline, and even though by this time next year the US economy could be mired in recession, he will be re-nominated by acclamation. The Republicans, meanwhile, are about to embark on yet another orgy of self-mutilation, one that may make last week's grand guignol in the House of Representatives look positively amicable. Republicans need to get a grip, and fast, or they, and we, are going to lose the ability to halt this country's march to the left for perhaps a decade or more. The lessons of history couldn't be clearer. Divided parties lose elections. Parties that indulge their most unrepresentative dogmatists alienate the rest. Parties that put ideological purity over governing become neither ideologically pure, nor any longer in government. In another example of our modern political inversion, some on the right defending their performance last week sounded uncannily like some Democrats who ripped each other limb from limb at their 1968 presidential nominating convention. Open debate is democracy at work, they say. Principle is passion. 
All true, for sure. But as we watched the spectacle unfold on C-SPAN's briefly liberated cameras last week, I couldn't help but be reminded of the observation of the French general who watched the British immolate themselves in the charge of the Light Brigade at the Battle of Balaclava in 1854. It's magnificent, he said, but it isn't war. I'm Jerry Baker of the Wall Street Journal editorial page. You can read my free expression column every Tuesday in the editorial pages of the Wall Street Journal. You can also watch my TV show, Wall Street Journal at Large with Jerry Baker, every weekend on the Fox Business Network. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. To hear the podcast version of this program, go to foxnewspodcasts.com. And for all the latest news, go to foxnews.com. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. Okay, men. This is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this. But you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Death and destruction in the South. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, especially Selma, Alabama, and surrounding areas hit hard by tornadoes. Thankful that God saved my life. I think the Lord was good to me. Uh, uh, give me enough sense to get away from here before it hit, because it's a good change I'd have lost my life. But at least seven other people were killed, at least a dozen others severely injured in Alabama, and there's a lot of damage. A five-year-old boy in Georgia was killed when a tree fell on the car he was in. A special counsel is now investigating President Biden over the classified documents found from his days as vice president. 
Republicans. Joe Biden should know better. Republicans in Congress will also investigate. Senator Tom Tillis tells Fox. Normally, you don't even take a classified document out of a classified setting, the skiff as we call it in the Senate, let alone taking it to your garage. Now, the first set of documents found in an old office the president used in November. Now, on December 20th, a month later, more classified documents were found in the Wilmington garage. And then later yesterday, we learned of... An additional document discovered at the Wilmington property of the president of the United States. Fox's David Spunt and other special counsels probing the Trump classified documents discovery. Russia claims it's taking control of another town in Ukraine, Solidar. This is Ukraine gets more help fighting back and not from the U.S. this time. He finally securing the military equipment it long had called for, leopard tanks. Poland made the announcement hoping that other allies would quickly follow suit. Fox's Alex Hogan in Kiev. Lisa Marie Presley is being moored. Elvis his only child suffered cardiac arrest at her California home, rushed to a hospital, but died. Days after Presley and her mother were at the Golden Globe Awards on NBC, cheering Austin Butler, who won Best Actor for portraying her father in the movie Elvis. Thank you, guys. Thank you for opening your hearts, your, your memories, your home to me. Lisa Marie, Priscilla, I love you forever. Lisa Marie Presley was 54. America's listening to Fox News. Some people got COVID and thought, well, that wasn't such a big deal, but you can get COVID again, and next time it could be worse, especially for those 50 and older or with a chronic condition like heart disease or diabetes. But with an updated vaccine, you have better protection from COVID's worst outcomes, and that's a big deal. Find updated COVID vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. It's back to court this morning for the Trump Organization for sentencing for tax fraud in New York, facing an up to $1.6 million fine. Days after ex-Chief Financial Officer Alan Weisselberg, who pleaded guilty to fraud and testified against Donald Trump's company, was sentenced to five months in jail. Another trial stemming from the 2021 Capitol riot is underway in opening arguments. Federal prosecutors said Proud Boys group leader Enrique Tarrio who's charged with seditious conspiracy, the same charge the Oath Keepers founder was convicted of, plotted to assault democracy. Federal prosecutors in D.C. said they assembled a fighting force to stop the transfer of power to President Biden. But Tario wasn't at the Capitol that day. He'd been arrested days earlier for vandalizing a Black Lives Matter banner at a black church. Court documents reveal prosecutors will argue the group had communicated on January 3rd about, quote, storming the Capitol. Attorneys for the group members said there was never a plan to go into the Capitol building. That's Fox's Jessica Rosenthal. It was back to court in Idaho for the man accused of murdering four university students. It was a status hearing Thursday in Leyta County Court in which 28-year-old Brian Koberger waived his right to a quick preliminary hearing. Have you had enough time to speak with Ms. Taylor about your decision to waive your right to a speedy preliminary hearing? Yes. Do you need any additional time to do so? 
No. Koberger will appear in court again in June on one count of felony burglary and four counts of first-degree murder. His attorney also says that he'll challenge evidence that includes cell phone data and DNA that was used to arrest him in the stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students in November. Koberger could get the death penalty in Idaho if convicted. Jeff Manasso. Fox News. In Japan, the man accused of assassinating former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe last year was formally charged with murder today. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news update. Lafayette police say the motorist that was killed in a single vehicle crash on Pinhook Road yesterday morning has been identified. Police say that Jamarius Charles of Lafayette died from injuries sustained when the vehicle he was driving struck a curb, eventually several trees, and ended up overturned. Lafayette police say their investigation into the crash remains open. Dusan police say two people died and two people were taken to a hospital after a suspected overdose on what is believed to be fentanyl. Officers were able to administer Narcan to one of the victims, but were unable to save the lives of two others. A traffic alert for motorists who use I-49 North. That roadway will be closed at the I-10 interchange next Friday, January 20th, and it will remain closed throughout that weekend, so repairs to the damaged overpass can begin. That overpass was damaged when it was hit by a truck hauling an excavator. This was on June. This was on June. Let me try that again. This happened on January 3rd. The Vermilion Parish 911 Committee has rejected bringing a second ambulance service to the parish. MedExpress wanted to expand their operations into the parish, but the committee said no. The company will now have to wait two years before they can reapply to provide services in the parish. Well, the Pentagon has ended COVID vaccine mandates for U.S. service men and women. It comes after the Pelican Institute for Public Policy sued on behalf of two Louisiana military members who didn't want to get the shots for religious reasons. Pelican's general counsel, Sarah Harbison, says it wasn't only Pelican's lawsuit that made the military change its policies. There were class actions against the Navy, Air Force, and Marine Corps, and there are just thousands of service members who applied for and were rejected. I believe 98% of the religious accommodation requests were denied. Pelican sued on behalf of Master Sergeant Robert Gailey and Senior Airman Faith Crocker, who cited religious reasons for not wanting the vaccine. Harbison says their pleas fell on deaf ears. They both spoke with their chaplain and they submitted requests to receive religious exemptions due to their sincerely held religious beliefs that they shouldn't receive the vaccine. And those requests were denied. Up to 8,000 U.S. servicemen and women have been discharged over refusing the COVID shots. Harbison says the separation process has already started for one of the clients, Sergeant Gailey. We've reached out to each of our clients to find out whether... The um, Army's getting rid of the vaccine mandate resolves their complaints. Now, Harbison says the Pentagon's decision was not just due to the Pelican Institute's lawsuit. Dozens of lawsuits were filed across the nation. Well, one of the bills that has been filed for the upcoming legislative session would hold fathers accountable 
for half of pregnancy-related medical expenses. I would really find it hard to believe that anybody would be against this bill. Abita Springs Representative Larry Freeman says when he found out that mothers have no recourse to recoup at least half of pregnancy-related medical expenses from the father, he's hoping House Bill 5 will change that. And now, more than ever. Of course, after the overturning of Roe v. Wade and, the, and our abortion ban. Proof of paternity is also required. She can't just make an allegation that a person is the father. They actually have to prove paternity. I'm Brooke Thorington. Well, the deadline for open enrollment for health insurance through healthcare.gov is Sunday. Director of the Office of Minority Health, Dr. LaShonda McKeever, says anyone in need of health insurance can visit healthcare.gov and apply. And there's also financial assistance available. We're finding that four out of five customers can find plans for $10 a month or less after this newly expanded financial assistance. And if you're already covered through the program, she says it's always good to update your information and compare coverage. It's important for customers with plans to come back to healthcare.gov to compare plans. They may find something that better meets their needs. I'm Whitney Thomas. Well, the Mega Millions jackpot up to $1.35 billion with a cash value option of over $707 million, making the jackpot for tonight the second largest in Mega Millions history. Numbers will be drawn today, but Louisiana Lottery spokesperson Dustin Anderson says superstition doesn't seem to be stopping lottery players from trying their chances on all that money. Sales through this jackpot run through yesterday are about $16.7 million. Just for the last week alone, they've been nearly $5.1 million. Now our drawing tonight will mark the 26th of the current draw cycle, which started on October the 18th. And Anison says to be sure to get your tickets while you still can. Um, to be eligible for tonight's drawing, be sure to get your ticket by 9 p.m. And we wish everyone good luck. And even if you don't win the jackpot, there is still a chance to win some cash. Three Louisianians had winning tickets for $10,000 for the Tuesday night drawing. Anison says there's still an unclaimed $50,000 ticket that sold in Santa Mont from a July drawing that's going to expire soon. Inflation has caused, you know, a great increase in the amount of money that it takes to purchase food now. You know, some. Hmm. Guess we'll get that sound bite later. It's coming up now on 611. Time now for our Friday weather. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Much cooler. High temperatures only top it out in the mid-50s this afternoon. Still somewhat breezy. North to northwesterly winds coming in at around 10 to 15. But those winds will lighten up tonight. And with clear skies in place, we'll see lows dropping to pretty close to that freezing degree mark. So Apache Frost and or a light freeze definitely possible by tomorrow morning. So make sure you protect any tender vegetation that you may have. Yeah, be sure uh, that the pets have a warm place to stay as well. Otherwise, lots of sunshine once again tomorrow. Stays cool, upper 50s into the afternoon. But we're warming back up and we'll see more clouds on Sunday as highs push well into the mid and upper 60s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, double-checking our traffic uh, this hour. We have a traffic crash with injuries over in Youngsville. It's East Milton Avenue, right at the traffic circle at Vero. That's East Milton Avenue at the traffic circle at Vero. Please buckle up. 
KPL covers Acadiana with Lowry's printing and copying. Hospice of Acadiana is hosting their Sunny Side Up Breakfast, a positive approach to everyday life, on Tuesday, January 17th, 2023, from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. at Hospice of Acadiana. The speaker will be Angela Morrison, and breakfast is provided by Hub City Diner. It's $10 payable at the door. For more information or to RSVP, please contact Sarah Mary at smdonlin at hospiceacadiana.com. And the Youngsville Lions Club is hosting the annual Gumbo and Chili Cook-Off on Saturday, January 21st, 2023, from 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Youngsville Sports Complex. All-you-can-eat $10 entry fee for adults and children six and under eat free. To enter a team or for more information, you can contact Shannon at youngsvillelions at yahoo.com. If you or your organization has an event that you would like to get on the KPL community calendar, email it to news at kpl965.com. That's news at kpel965.com. Good morning, Acadiana, and welcome into this Friday edition of Acadiana's Morning News. Yes, happy it's Friday today. Bernie, thank you for putting the ding in the bell. I think it had to be done. Yes, absolutely. Ready for the weekend? Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Weekend is right around the corner, but we will be here with you until 9 o'clock this morning. We've got a loaded up show this morning. We've got lots of people that will be joining us on the air this morning. And we will start with our very first guest, Matt Romero. He is Youngsville City Councilman. He joins us today. And uh, Matt, kind of appropriate that you're joining us here on a Friday morning as the topic that we're about to discuss has a lot to do with Friday nights in the fall. Oh, uh, it, it is, isn't it? I didn't think about that. Yep. yep. <clears throat> Great point. Yes. Yeah. Good morning to y'all. Hey, Hi. good morning. So um, you, well, the main <clears throat> thing that we want to talk about today, and we usually bring you mm -hmm. on to talk about what's happening in Youngsville. And, you know, one sure. thing that uh, people in Youngsville really care about is Southside High School. And when you think about Southside High School um, in their athletic department, you think about the fact that they've got an incredible football team right now. Unfortunately, that football team uh, does not have a home stadium to play in, and um, it's uh, something that uh, you and uh, other elected officials and other citizens of uh, Youngsville want to change. Yeah, um, some one small fact that uh, is probably a negative for uh, our area. Um, Southside is the only 5A school in the state of Louisiana that doesn't have an agreement for shared stadiums like you know, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, that does not have a stadium. The only 5A school in the state. Mm -hmm. um, now, granted, you know, brand new school, uh, you know, so, you know, school board could only probably do so much at the time when they built the school. Um, right now, the push uh, from our city council, our mayor, mm -hmm. uh, we, we, of course, enacted a resolution last night. Mm -hmm. uh, it was unanimously voted on. Okay. The mayor supported it and signed it. Uh, that we want to see a plan, want to see the Lafayette Parish School System, you know, uh, work on allocating some type of funding for this project. Uh, we realize there are other projects like expanding schools, uh, upgrading schools like they're doing at Lafayette High and Prairie. Uh, but, you know, we want to make sure that the full high school experience is there for all school, for all the kids. And it's not just football that gets played at these stadiums, as you know. It's track right. and field, soccer, okay. lacrosse. Uh, it goes on and on. I right. mean, whatever sport you have. Right. So <laughs> in conversations in the past with the school board, has there been talk about, because mm -hmm. right now you guys are uh, are playing 
and I say you guys because you are the yeah. um, you know the PA, the public address announcer at the uh, Southside High mm. football games. Yeah. Um, yeah, the voice of the shark. There you go, man. You're the voice. That that's a hey, that's a cool title, that's man. It. That is well, a cool they, title. They came up with it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. So okay, so um, uh, you know, you guys currently play games at St. Martinville High. Yeah. Um, and really? so let me ask you this: Has there been discussions before? with the school board about being able to use a stadium um, or a field closer to home? Um, like maybe, you know, uh, you know, like, okay, I, I automatically think about Turlings, how Tur and I know they're a private school, but how they yeah, used yeah. Um, Clark Field for the longest time until they got their own home stadium. Sure. Were there any other stadiums here within the parish that were <clears throat> talked about possibly Southside being able to use until Southside gets its own stadium? Yeah, with conversations with uh, school administration and the uh, coach and others, uh, there have been. Uh, of course, before this past season, mm -hmm. Southside played a couple years at Turlings. Wow. Uh, Turlings just, you know, uh, provided, you know, rental for the facility for a couple years. And uh, they said, look, we're, we're ready to have our other sports use it on those nights that we're not using it for varsity games. Right. Uh, of course, Clark Field is not built for a traditional 5A size school. Mm -hmm. So uh, we outgrew that very quickly after using it for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, they did approach uh, some other private schools and even public schools in the area. And it I, I, maybe timing wasn't right or scheduling wasn't right. Uh, now I have been, yeah, I've had it. I personally have been part of some of the conversation recently mm -hmm. about where do we play next year? Yeah. Uh, I, I was assured that, um, you know, hey, we have no plans to have Southside playing outside of the parish again. Uh, you know, from from a council you know, uh, elected leadership position, I think it's uh, horrible that we're allowing tax dollars to be spent outside of our parish. Because when you spend tax dollars in your parish, mm -hmm. it doesn't just go to the city. You're talking about money going to the LPSS, LCG, you know, all over. You know, I mean, there's a... a you know, tax revenue streams for everything when you do send sales tax. So I think that uh, keeping it in the parish is great. Uh, I, I think there's some plans maybe for a local stadium to be used temporarily. Okay. But there's no plan in place as of now for a stadium at Southside. And that's what we're trying to make this push for. Right. Is where are we going? You know, we can't just keep putting things on the back burner. Uh, now, they, you know, I will say, uh, as you probably know, LPSS, did put Southside on a list of, uh, they call it a list. It's not really a priority list. It's a list of we know that we need these things done. Yeah. Uh, it's probably 10th or 11th in order. Right. With things, like like I said earlier, expansion of schools and facilities that probably, you know, take a little more precedence because mm -hmm. they are in the education business. But, you know, we want to plan. We want to know where are we going. Is this a three-year plan, five-year, ten? What is it? Well, and that's the thing about it because I was thinking in my mind, okay, the process, once the ball gets rolling, like, and I mean, as far as like mm -hmm. a decision is made for Southside to have its own stadium, then that mm -hmm. becomes an, a part of the process that could take a while as well. Let me sure. ask, let me ask sure. you this. Is there, do you think there may be an agreement that comes down to whether the stadium would be fully funded? you know, by, you know, with, with the with the school board and money allocated there, or maybe there'll mm -hmm. have to be an agreement where people in Youngsville will have to come up with some of the money as well? 
Yeah, um, I, and I know what you're talking about. There, there's been a discussion about uh, similar to the airport tax, so like an right. ad valorem yes. property tax uh, for dis maybe District Nine, or is it District Nine and District Eight to help other areas like Como or something? Um, I, I think that that's one of those things that I I am not a pro. Let's tax the people. Yeah. But what I am a pro of is, and in Youngsville, we have the highest taxes, but I am a pro uh, tax when mm-hmm. it's higher and you can see that the tax money is being spent mm-hmm. on what you voted for yeah. and things are happening. Um, I think the people in the city of Youngsville, even Broussard and maybe even Milton, mm-hmm. uh, even though they're not an actual city, that but they do pay you know taxes in Youngsville, sales right. tax and stuff, shopping there, yeah. they all see that, uh, you know, hey, I'll pay higher taxes to get better things, to see my money spent, see road infrastructure, sports athletics, you know, recreation, all those things happening. Uh, so I, I think there's, I think there's a couple options. Uh, I, I think you can't just say, hey, let's go build a stadium because LPSS is not in that position right now to just throw out eight to $12 million. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the booster club that uh, is, is being led by Mr. Eric David, uh, some of the other board members, they've uh, looped me in uh, for a leadership standpoint mm-hmm. and a couple other. We've had some really good conversations with uh, Ms. Trosclair, uh, some of the board members. Uh, I think uh, there's a, you know, obviously it's an election year for a lot of them, but uh, I think they're open-minded to hear but to make a final decision right now, I, I don't know. It's, it's baby steps is what I've told people. Yeah. But I do think there's an avenue. Um, it's just <clears throat> if you go for a tax or whatever it might be, you know, the people in the south part of the parish coming up with money, I think the messaging needs to be clear cut, black and white, and put out there way ahead of time. Yeah, well, you, know, yeah you definitely have to take a lesson from the way that the uh, Lafayette Airport did it because – um, yeah, you know, I'm even renewals, confident. even renewals in this area get shot down uh, mm-hmm. on on a, a consistent basis. Um, so yeah, yeah. go ahead. So let me ask you this. Um, and we're speaking with Youngsville City Councilman Matt Romero. And uh, we're talking uh, specifically about um, what it would take to get a, a, a stadium uh, for Southside High School. So what is the next step? You mentioned last night there was a, you know, a meeting and a resolution, you know, mm-hmm. to move this thing forward. But what is the next step? Um, right now, uh, so uh, that uh, board uh, group for the Booster Club, they are going to be getting the actual resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think passing that on to the school system. Uh, there's supposed to be uh, another meeting because their Booster Group had a large meeting this past Sunday. I, I actually attended that. It was about 40-plus people. Uh, and a lot of it is just getting the getting information out. As mm-hmm. you know, social media – it's, you know, well, Youngsville should build the stadium. Well, city of Youngsville is not going to be able to do that. Um, you know, we pay enough taxes. You know, it's, it's getting the messaging out, but it's working with uh, the school board leadership mm-hmm. with uh, their, you know, school uh, superintendent, Ms. Trothclair, and her uh, administration. And, and, I, and she's, I will say this, I'm, I've been uh, impressed so far with her communication, mm-hmm. her reaching out to them, uh, what I've heard. And uh, I'm encouraged to know that there's probably going to be another meeting in the next week or two. Um, we we had a couple of different price tags on stadiums. Uh, the one we had was really low. The one they had was really high. So they were trying to get their athletic director for the parish to uh, figure out what the true number is and then kind of come back to the table and uh, hone in on 
okay, well, what avenue do we want to go? And then present that to the school board at some point in time and hopefully get the support for whatever avenue is being taken. I think the biggest thing is what's the plan? You got to have a plan. You can't just say, yeah, we're going to do it. You know, what's realistic plan? <laughs> and for, for anyone that's, you know, listening and they have an interest and they, you know, want to see how mm-hmm. they can follow the updates and such, you mentioned social yep. media. Uh, the effort is on social media. It is, yes. Uh, you can uh, search uh, uh, S period, zero period, S period, uh, SOS, uh, yeah. Stadium on Southside is what it's for. It's a Facebook page. Uh, you could reach out to myself. I have a city council page, uh, Matt Romero, city councilman in Youngsville, uh, and uh, also the board uh, president uh, for the Booster Club is uh, Mr. Eric David. Uh, and you can join that group, get a lot of the, the accurate information is being put on there by himself. And he is being very forthcoming with after every meeting. And, uh, I, you know, it's going to take, a uh, as they say, it's not an individual. It always takes a village. Uh, so it's going to take not just those parents who have kids there, but the parents who are going to have kids there. It's going to take the grandparents and the people who don't have kids in the community to support it as well and realize that it's not just let's have a stadium so they can have the experience. Let's have a stadium so the community can have an experience, so the community can feed off of that, so we can keep tax revenue in the parish. Uh, you know, it, it's just it, there's so much that goes with that uh, band would have a great opportunity to host events and, you know, compete locally. Uh, just so many things that can happen that are happening either on the other sides of the parish or even outside of the parish. Before we let you go, um, yeah. you know, the uh, kind of switching topics on you a little bit. Uh, okay. New Roundabout is going to be coming. That's going to connect Youngsville and Broussard. And yeah. uh, that should be coming up very soon. Construction, correct? They, yeah, they're actually moving dirt, uh, cleared some areas. Mm-hmm. So uh, at Fortune and uh, Youngsville Highway 89, yeah. uh-huh. you're going to start seeing some uh, changes. Eventually, they'll have to do a detour, but uh, that's, the, that's the first phase of that area. And then the next phase, obviously, once that connection's there, uh-huh. we'll be going south and doing that in sections. Uh, it, it's kind of the plan right now that could change of course to uh you know uh, expand and redo youngsville highway yeah. uh, all the way down almost toward new news mm-hmm. uh and then we're also working on a uh, milton highway going from uh one side of ernest gallet elementary all the way to uh st blaze where our veterans uh, memorial park is going to be put in uh-huh. by route 92 yeah. we'll be expanding that a little bit uh, adding sidewalks doing some other things uh, a lot of road projects, uh, you know, redoing the roundabout over there by Giyot, mm-hmm. um with the state. There's just so many. It, it's probably one of the largest lists that I've been part of in my eight years on council. It's amazing what yeah. we have going on. No, it, it really is. Um, I, I think 2023 is going to be another year where, uh, of you know, <laughs> we had a lot of the construction last year. 2023 is going to have a lot of it as well. But it's a, it's all good stuff. It's all, you know, you know, preparing for uh, the higher traffic that comes through the area, you know, everybody wants to, to, to be in Youngsville. So that's a good thing. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's growing pains, but it's good growing pains. Absolutely. Sure. All right. Well, Youngsville <laughs> city councilman, Matt Romero has been our guest this morning, sir. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you very much. And, uh, you'll have a great weekend, guys. Uh, you too. You too. All, All right. right. Get breaking news.
news first and exclusive content now. Download the free KPL News app, free in the App Store and Google Play. News Talk 96.5 KPL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPL News app. Now the headlines from the KPL News Center. From the KPL Newsroom, I'm Bernadette Lee. Lafayette police say the motorist killed in a single vehicle crash on Pinhook yesterday morning has been identified. They say Jamarius Charles of Lafayette died from injuries sustained when the vehicle he was driving hit a curb and eventually a few trees. The vehicle ended up overturned. Lafayette police say their investigation into the crash remains open. Dusan police say two people died and two people were taken to a hospital after a suspected overdose on what is believed to be fentanyl. Officers were able to administer Narcan to one of the victims, but were unable to save the lives of two others. Traffic alert for motorists who use I-49 North. The roadway will be closed at the I-10 interchange next Friday, January 20th, and it'll remain closed throughout the weekend so repairs to the damaged overpass can begin. The overpass was damaged when struck by a truck that was hauling an excavator back on January 3rd. The Vermilion Parish 911 Committee has rejected bringing a second ambulance service to the parish. Med Express wanted to expand their operations into the parish, but the committee said no. The company will now have to wait two years before they can reapply to provide services in the parish. Sunday is the deadline for open enrollment at healthcare.gov. If you're in need of health insurance, anyone can apply. You might even qualify for financial help in paying the premiums. If you have questions, you can go online to healthcare.gov or call their helpline at 800-318-2596. Niagara Bottling has announced plans for a $160 million investment into a state-of-the-art facility near Hammond. The project is forecast to create some 70 permanent jobs. The new facility plans to be operational as early as the first quarter of 2024. That's news. I'm Bernadette Lee. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Much cooler. High temperatures only top it out in the mid-50s this afternoon. Still somewhat breezy. North to northwesterly winds coming in at around 10 to 15. But those winds will lighten up tonight. And with clear skies in place, we'll see lows dropping to pretty close to that freezing degree mark. So Apache Frost and or a light freeze definitely possible by tomorrow morning. So make sure you protect any tender vegetation that you may have. And be sure uh, that the pets have a warm place to stay as well. Otherwise, lots of sunshine once again tomorrow. Stays cool, upper 50s into the afternoon. But we're warming back up and we'll see more clouds on Sunday as highs push well into the mid and upper 60s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPL. discover you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards terms apply news talk 96.5 kpel right now traffic oh we have a traffic crash with injuries 
It's East Milton at the Traffic Circle at Vero. East Milton at the Traffic Circle at Vero. Please make sure you're buckling up out there. For victims of drunk and drug driving, your grief is unique, but you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call the 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit MAD.org. A long, long time ago I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside The day the music died So bye-bye Welcome back into Acadiana's Morning News. Yes, Don McLean's American Pie. The opening theme song for Winky Dinky Dog. Strange but true this morning. Good morning. (laughs) Boy, did I go down a deep dive for this show. I have all the references of that song. We know the words well. Uh-huh. It's one of the longest songs ever created. Yes. Um, we all know the words, but and we think we know what the words mean, uh-huh. and most of it's probably correct, but there's a lot of references in that song that even I was like, oh, wow. They're taking little deep dives, were, so were, uh, d- little digs at other musicians and were, stuff. Were you sitting around the campfire with uh, the Mrs. Winky Dinky Dog and I just will listening tomorrow night. to it? Yeah, and... I'm learning guitar, by the way, so I'm, ah. I'm, I'm going to learn this little lick. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so cool. let's de- let's dive deep into American So it's an eight-minute song with a lot of strange lyrics that we all love to sing, and we yeah. know the words, but what do they mean? Okay. The song starts off very Buddy Holly-inspired. We all know that. Uh, but it's more of a story of a music transitioning from the 50s to the 60s and the 70s and as he released it in 1971. Mm-hmm. You all heard this started off a long, long time ago. Well, it released in 1971, but American Pie focuses on the 50s, thus that exposition. Mm-hmm. So he's looking back in, in the past. Bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Some fans believe that American Pie is the famous, uh, the, the, the famous first line of McLean's chorus, refers to the name of the plane Buddy Holly perished on. Mm-hmm. But according to the Federal Civic, uh, Civil Aeronautics Board, the incident report about the aircraft's demise, the plane did not have a name. Jim Fan, creator of the Ameri- uh, Understanding American Pie website, and that's kind of crazy that there's even a website for this, <laughs> argues that the line has a potential twofold meaning. A nod to the phrase American as apple pie as an allusion to Miss America's beauty queen. The phrase evokes a simpler time in American life when the icons held more meaning. So it's just more of a... You know, mm-hmm. like a nod to the past. Right. Yeah. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. That's my favorite lyric, by the way, of the whole song. Well, this is what we found. McLean imbues his all-American song with American iconog- iconography, mm-hmm. like the Chevy automobile or truck. The dried levee, which rhymes with Chevy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> adds a sense of bareness to the current landscape in the song. Also, there's an advertisement back in 1953 when he was a child featured a j- uh, jingle sung by Dinah Shore. That includes a reference to a levy. Uh, 
So maybe he's kind of thinking back to that song, Chevy Levy, even yeah. the fact that they just rhyme. Who knows? <laughs> well, I look, it's better than some of the modern music that doesn't even rhyme at all. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just to be honest. Singing This Will Be The Day, mm -hmm. this is your Buddy Holly reference. Ah, okay. This line refers to Buddy Holly's song, That'll Be The Day. Makes sense. All right. Holly, along with other singers like the Big Bopper and Richie Valens and pilot Roger Peterson, perished uh, in a plane incident February 3rd, 1959. Their small aircraft went down in a snowy late night after a concert in Clear Lake, Iowa. But February made me shiver. And there's another reference. Mm. This is the first reference in American Pie before the chorus to Buddy Holly's demise on February 3rd, 1959. Um, with every paper I delivered, bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. McLean apparently worked as a newspaper boy. Okay. Uh, so on February 3rd, 1959, the bad news was Buddy Holly's demise on the paper he delivered. Wow. On the, it was on the top. It was on the front of every yeah. single paper. Yeah. Now, remember, he's a folk singer, so uh -huh. it's everything's, you know. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a paper that he had distributed. Mm -hmm. If the Bible tells you so. I never really figured that one out. Okay. Thought, I, that, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a gospel pop adapt adaptation of a Sunday school song, Jesus Loves Me written by Dale Evans in 1955 yeah. and recorded by a handful of singers the same year. So he's, he's obviously got a little gospel influence going on. Uh, when I read about his widow bride, uh, Bolly, Buddy Holly was married to his young wife, Mara, uh, Maria Alina Santiago Holly, for only six months when, uh, when he perished. Uh, his widow, uh, pregnant new bride, was so traumatized by the news of the demise that she had a miscarriage. Oh, wow. Did you write the Book of Love? And it's not the Book of Love song from the 80s that I love so much and have on my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> the Book of Love is a famous doo-wop song by the Monotones, a group from Newark, New Jersey. The song was released in 1958, topping pop and R&B charts. It must have left an impression on Yo McLean as the lyrics of the song go, I wonder, wonder, wonder who, boo-wop, doo-wop, doo-doo, who wrote the Book of Love. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. But it actually made it to Woodstock in 1969, where it was covered by none other than Sha Na Na. No kidding. Yep. Wow. So that's where his, he, you know, he's good. Because remember, he wrote it in 71. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. The day the music died, very much Buddy Holly. Uh, it was not only the only musician, but it was uh, it was the on the 24-day, 24-city tour with the Big Bopper and Richie Valens. Um, the loss of all three rock musicians in the same incident was seen as a tragedy, and in McLean's mind, marked the end of a musical era that would never be reclaimed. Because we're now moving from the 50s into the 60s and music started to change a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you both kicked off your shoes. What do you think? Well, uh, the recliner? Sock the invention of the recliner. Yeah, sock oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's likely a reference to sock hops, uh, beloved teenage dance parties in the 40s and the 50s that involved playing popular music in gyms and community halls. Sock hops coincid uh, uh, coincided with the rise of rock and roll as the 50s progressed. They were all told to take off their shoes and go have fun. Yeah. As moss grows... Yeah, notice it was just their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, they just take off everything. As moss grows fat on a rolling stone. Yes. And it's got nothing to do with the rolling stone. No, it stones. doesn't. But I remember looking up rolling stone A year after ago. Bob Dylan released Like a Rolling Stone yes. in 1965, he was involved in a strange motorcycle incident that made him lie low for a year or two at the height of his career. He had just transformed himself from a spoke singer to an electric guitar playing rock musician, which caused a lot of controversy within the American music scene. Mm. 
especially the folk scene. They thought he had turned his back on them. Mm. Some fans believe McLean's intention with this line in American Pie is to highlight the evolution of music between the 50s and early 70s, while also pushing the action of the song into the 60s. Mm. Folk singers, man. They just, you know, they come up with some stuff. With a pink carnation and a pickup truck. In 1957, Marty Robbins released the heartbreak song, A White Sport Coat. And a pink carnation. Oh, yeah. About a young man all dressed up for a dance and alone in a romance. Oh, <laughs> I love Marty Robbins. Wow. In a coat he borrowed from James Dean. It could be another line, a reference to Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. On the cover of his 1963 album, Free Will and Bob Dylan, Dylan wears a red windbreaker similar to the one worn by James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Fascinating stuff, huh? Uh, it's it's just interesting, you know, just yeah, where the background so many and where he comes from. Yeah. When the jester sang for a king and queen, according to one fan theory, Bob Dylan is the jester. Elvis is not the king. It's huh. uh, it's Pete Seeger is the king in the song because he is the king of folk music uh-huh. at the time, and Joan Baez is the Would queen. Be the queen. Yep. All three were influential and politically motivated folk singers in the early '60s, and it's not a stretch to suggest. Their music influenced McLean's own folksy sound. Uh-huh. Dylan Seeger and Baez were all on stage together at the Newark Folk Festival in 63, where they sang Dylan's Blowing in the Wind in unison. Wow. The jester stole his thorny crown. Um. Bob Dylan is the jester who became the king, mm-hmm. taking the crown when he won the hearts of the band and folksy rock and roll from Pete Seeger. Wow. This is amazing. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Let's Uh-oh. keep it going. I know. I got like, a, lo- <laughs> my paper there. Um, who did he take the f- crown from? P- some people believe it's Elvis, the king of rock and roll. Uh-huh. Others stick with Pete Seeger. Mm. And while the king was looking down, if the king is Pete Seeger, the godfather of folk, this could be a reference to him looking down upon the way Bob Dylan experimented with music in the 60s, switching from acoustic to electric, which was a bit. I remember seeing some uh, uh, documentary on, on uh, rock and roll, and that was mm-hmm. a huge deal back then. Yeah. Wow, God, this is great. <clears throat> and while Lennon read A Book of Barks, mm-hmm. You would think. While some fans think McLean is singing about communist revolutionary Vladimir Lenin, the more popular theory is it's about the Beatles, becoming more political with their music as tensions soared in the 60s. The Beatles, adored by American youth, were deemed inappropriate by older generations who thought their music was way too rowdy. As their sound evolved, the Beatles released a song like Revolution in 1968, Mm. whose message in the line with the communist message is in line with the communist philosophies of the German writer Karl Marx. This is so fascinating. <laughs> like, you're, you've blown my mind. The courtroom was adjourned. No verdict was returned. returned. Returning to the JFK theory, after he was slain in 1963, the man accused of slaying Lee Harvey Oswald was again himself slain. Therefore, no verdict was returned because no trial actually occurred. <laughs> wow. The quartet pack practiced in the park. Any idea? Mm, Peter, Paul, and Mary? I would have, you know, that's three. Oh, quartet. I'm yeah. sorry. Yep. They go Oof. back to the Beatles. Again. It's likely Beatles, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. With the jester on the sidelines in a cast, fans believe it's another homage to a Bob Dylan's 1966 motorcycle accident. Wow. Because the players tried to take the field, the marching band refused to yield. Now, this occurred before that big... Uh, <laughs> The, uh, the Stanford uh, Cal right, game. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. That's my first thought, but I thought, <laughs> yeah. no, that happened in the mid, mid to yeah, late 70s. That was later on, yes. Right. 
Uh, fans believe uh, no. So uh, fans see this as a remark about the protest movement that seemed to peak in the late '60s and early '70s from Chicago to Kent State, while sergeants played a marching tune. Any idea? It's another Beatles reference. I figured, really? but I was like, I'm keeping my mouth shut. Yeah. The Beatles released Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band in 1967, and this is likely an allusion to that significant album. With this release, the Beatles amped up their innovative approach to rock music, including sitars and sound collages. Wow. Right? Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack flash sat on a candlestick. You look dumbfounded. I yeah. am because yeah. I just never thought about like I would think about it from time to time. It's just we amazing all know how the much, words, but we, and, right. and we have no idea. It's just amazing how much thought was put into the song. Right? Yeah. yeah, this line could be a mashup between the Jack B. Nibble nursery rhyme and the 1969 song "Jumpin' Jack Flash" by the Rolling Stones, released. Fans think this is an insult to the Stones. Yeah, we're not see coming that. up with a good comeback to the Beatles album "Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band." According to their wow. theory, Jack is Mick Jagger. Wow. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Yep. Basically, he'd be nimble, he'd be quick, but he couldn't uh-huh. come back. He basically yes. sat on it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and uh, oh, and there we were, all in one place. McLean could be making a statement about the unifying power of Woodstock in 1969 festival in Bethel, New York, which brought together more than 400,000 people in one weekend. <laughs> Man. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I know because... Sure, I've thought about what the meaning has been over the years, but to for all these music folks who dove into it and you know they have all these theories, it's truly fascinating. It's a history lesson. Yes, it's a yeah. it's a beautiful history lesson. And we sang dirges in the dark. Dark. A dirge is a funeral song of mourning, and there were plenty of lives to mourn in the sixties. Yes, President John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr., and Robert F. Kennedy among them. The line could also refer to the Vietnam conflict. Many drafted service members went overseas and never made it back home. Woof, Lord. <laughs> yeah, what, 60,000? Yeah. I think was the number. Helter Skelter in a summer swelter. That would be Creep Boy, Charles Manson, right? A no? little bit, but it refers refers to the Beatles. Helter Skelter is a song oh, yeah, the Beatles released in 1968. Yeah, and then Creep I had Boy. that 45. Didn't they put that on some of the walls? Yep, a year on political and social turmoil in the United States. The next August in a summer swelter refers to Charles Manson, yeah. brutally slaying five people, including actress Sharon Tate. It was uh, uh, eight miles high and falling fast. Mm. I'd have never gotten this in a million years. Eight miles high is the title of a 1966 album by the Birds, mm. considered to be one of the first real trippy records. Uh, the groundbreaking sound of the album was influenced by plenty of experimentation with illicit substances, particularly acid. <laughs> One of the members went into rehab, and they were never on the charts again. Wow. So they were eight miles high, and they fell fast. fast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got to start yeah. wrapping it up for time. Yeah. But okay. God, this we got is one more great. reference. Okay, do. yeah, I could do that. Uh-huh. Uh, I met a girl who sang the blues. The girl could be Janis Joplin, oh. the rock singer with a singer bluesy voice. A singular bluesy voice who perished from the illicit substances in 1970. Her hip, her big hits, Peace of My Heart and Me and Bobby McGee, were considered anthems for the hippie generation. Yeah. There you go. Strange but true. What Breaking down Don one. McLean's American Pie. Yeah. Great Good stuff, job, man. Bro. Good job, yeah. Y'all go. And look it up. It's, it's interesting to deep dive. Golly. All right. And with that, Woo. we will take this break. Kim Commando's Digital Minute coming up. Right now, more than 7,000 aircraft are flying under the FAA's air traffic control system, a system that's still using 40-year-old computers. 
Here's what you need to know. I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Post a job for free and find qualified candidates quickly at LinkedIn.com slash Kim. Since 2015, the FAA has been working to modernize its air traffic control system. The goal is to fully implement ERAM, the abbreviation for NRT Automation Modernization. But full implementation will take until 2029, and some hardware running ERAM is already 40 years old. This week, a technician updated the system software that provides last mile safety information to departing flights. A few line of codes caused the entire system to behave erratically. Managers rebooted the entire system. It didn't come back up for 90 minutes. All departing flights were stopped. As taxpayers, we should be demanding answers. Are we really safe while this upgrade drags on for five more years? Tell me your thoughts at commando.com. I don't know about you, but during the holidays, I'm excited to reconnect with everyone I love. I can spend hours talking to friends and family and looking through photos on social media. If you're 55 and up, T-Mobile has a plan you can get excited about because it's made just for you. Get two unlimited lines for only $27.50 per line. Plus, get two free smartphones for new lines when you switch. That's right. Two lines for only $27.50 a line, plus free smartphones. I can use my new phone to reconnect this year and give the other as a gift. This is such a great deal. Don't miss out. Visit T-Mobile.com slash 55 or call 1-800-T-MOBILE today. Without all dollars more per line, plus taxes and fees, who's on this plan may notice lower speeds than other customers, and if using more than 50 gigabytes a month, further reduction due to prioritization. For well-qualified customers, VLA bill credits, cost before canceling service, or credit stop and balance on required financing agreements due. The Fox Business Report is brought to you by Gulf Coast Bank, your local community bank. Whether your financial needs are for an individual, a business, or for the whole family, Gulf Coast Bank has the knowledge and products to serve you best. With nine convenient locations throughout Acadiana, you're never far from a friendly Gulf Coast Bank associate. I'm Neil Cavuto, and this is the Fox Business Report. Big banks are reporting generally upbeat earnings, even though banks have been setting aside money to cover possible bad loans if the economy weakens. Bank of America shares higher its earnings and revenue. The money it takes in were stronger than forecast. J.P. Morgan Chase earnings also were stronger than predicted. Wells Fargo's were upbeat, but its revenue number was weaker than forecast. It was paying penalties during the quarter. Bank of New York Mellon earnings top predictions. Asset manager BlackRock is reporting a 23% decline in its profit in the recent quarter. It reflects the turbulent year for markets that resulted in heavy losses to others. Delta Airlines profit was stronger than expected. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola. Invested in you. Democrats predicted an end to high inflation, but nothing has changed. In fact, food and housing prices are still going higher. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you to protect your savings from inflation by diversifying into a physical gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, simply text the word SHELTER to 989898, and you'll get a free info kit on gold IRAs that will explain everything. Again, that's SHELTER to 989898. There's no obligation purchase required. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. We'll get a better look at how bad the damage is with the sunrise. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Selma, Alabama and surrounding areas hit hard by tornadoes. Glass going everywhere. 
You can hear the roof literally being torn off right over our head. At least six people were killed there. One of the twisters got a 20-mile path of destruction. At least a dozen and other people severely injured among all the damage. Parts of Georgia hit, too. Everybody knew that there was something bad happening outside. And then our whole wall come down. In Jackson, a tree fell on a car, killing a five-year-old boy inside. The music and entertainment world paying tribute to Lisa Marie Presley mourning her death. She was very sweet. Uh, I loved and, and respected her father. That's country star Larry Gatlin. Lisa Marie Presley was Elvis's only child. In the 1990s, she was married to Michael Jackson, and she was a singer-songwriter herself. L.A. County first responders were called to Presley's Calabasas home just before 11 a.m. for a woman in full cardiac arrest and unresponsive. Paramedics arrived six minutes later and performed CPR, regaining signs of life and then taking her to a nearby hospital. Fox's Ashley Stromeyer reports Presley died there. She was just 54, survived by three daughters. Russia is claiming it's taken over a town in eastern Ukraine, Solodar, which Ukraine disputes. The country's deputy defense minister said Ukrainian troops were still fighting back. Thursday, National Security Council coordinator John Kirby said Russian forces taking over the area would not have a strategic impact on the war itself. It is right near the town of Bakhmut, which Russia sees as significant in its effort to control the entire eastern Donbass area. Fox's Jessica Rosenthal, a special counsel is now investigating classified documents found in an old Biden office, then at the president's Delaware home, dating back to when he was vice president. House Republicans will investigate, too. Congressman Michael McCall tells Fox they were all found last year and yet nothing was done about it and uh, they they swept this under the rug they hit it until it was leaked uh, to the media america's listening to fox news some people get COVID and thought well that wasn't such a big deal but you can get COVID again and next time it could be worse especially for those 50 and older or with a chronic condition like heart disease or diabetes but with an updated vaccine, you have better protection from COVID's worst outcomes. And that's a big deal. Find updated COVID vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. A murder charge formally filed today in Japan for the man accused of assassinating former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe last year at a political party campaign event. Japan's current Prime Minister is in Washington. The White House says President Biden is expected to further deepen the United States' ties with Japan as Prime Minister Fumio Kishida visits the White House. Japan is stepping up and doing, uh, doing so in lockstep with the United States. That's John Kirby of the National Security Council. The two are expected to speak about issues like North Korea's weapons program, the war in Ukraine, and peace and stability in Taiwan. Climate change, technology, and advancing a free and open Indo-Pacific are also key topics. At the White House, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. Wisconsin and North Carolina are joining many other states and the federal government banning TikTok on government-issued phones and devices over data privacy concerns since TikTok's parent company is Chinese-owned. Major League Baseball teams are still shopping for players before the next season. And there's a new free agent, perhaps the best player available. 
But there's a chance no one signs Trevor Bauer has been released by the L.A. Dodgers. Bauer won the Cy Young Award in the COVID-shortened season of 2020 and in 2021 posted a 259 ERA in 17 starts for the Dodgers before a woman sought a restraining order against him and accused him of sexual assault. After a league investigation, he was handed a 324-game suspension, the longest ever under MLB's domestic violence policy. In December, an arbitrator reduced that suspension to the 194 games Bauer had already missed and reinstated him. He has denied any wrongdoing, and last year, the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office declined to press charges against him. I'm Eric Messersmith, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are down big. The day after the Nasdaq rose, a fifth straight day in the Dow surged up 216 points. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news update. Lafayette police say the motorist that was killed in a single vehicle crash on Pinhook Road yesterday morning has been identified. Police say that Jamarius Charles of Lafayette died from injuries sustained when the vehicle he was driving struck a curb, eventually several trees, and ended up overturned. Lafayette police say their investigation into the crash remains open. Dusant police say two people died and two people were taken to a hospital after a suspected overdose on what is believed to be fentanyl. Officers were able to administer Narcan to one of the victims, but were unable to save the lives of two others. A traffic alert for motorists who use I-49 North. That roadway will be closed at the I-10 interchange next Friday, January 20th, and it will remain closed throughout that weekend, so repairs to the damaged overpass can begin. That overpass was damaged when it was hit by a truck hauling an excavator. This happened on January 3rd. The Vermilion Parish 911 Committee has rejected bringing a second ambulance service to the parish. MedExpress wanted to expand their operations into the parish, but the committee said no. The company will now have to wait two years before they can reapply to provide services in the parish. Well, the Pentagon has ended COVID vaccine mandates for U.S. service men and women. It comes after the Pelican Institute for Public Policy sued on behalf of two Louisiana military members who didn't want to get the shots for religious reasons. Pelican's general counsel, Sarah Harbison, says it wasn't only Pelican's lawsuit that made the military change its policies. There were class actions against the Navy, Air Force, and Marine Corps, and there are just thousands of service members who applied for and were rejected. I believe 98% of the religious accommodation requests were denied. Pelican sued on behalf of Master Sergeant Robert Gailey and Senior Airman Faith Crocker, who cited religious reasons for not wanting the vaccine. Harbison says their pleas fell on deaf ears. They both spoke with their chaplain and they submitted requests to receive religious exemptions due to their sincerely held religious beliefs that they shouldn't receive the vaccine. And those requests were denied. Up to 8,000 U.S. servicemen and women have been discharged over refusing the COVID shots. Harbison says the separation process has already started for one of the clients, Sergeant Gailey. We've reached out to each of our clients to find out whether... The um, Army's getting rid of the vaccine mandate resolved their complaints. Now, Harbison says the Pentagon's decision was not just due to the Pelican Institute's lawsuit. Dozens of lawsuits were filed across the nation. 
Well, one of the bills that has been filed for the upcoming legislative session would hold fathers accountable for half of pregnancy-related medical expenses. I would really find it hard to believe that anybody would be against this bill. Abita Springs Representative Larry Freeman says when he found out that mothers have no recourse to recoup at least half of pregnancy-related medical expenses from the father, he's hoping House Bill 5 will change that. And now, more than ever. Of course, after the overturning of Roe v. Wade and and our abortion ban. Proof of paternity is also required. She can't just make an allegation that a person is the father. They actually have to prove paternity. I'm Brooke Thorington. Well, the deadline for open enrollment for health insurance through healthcare.gov is Sunday. Director of the Office of Minority Health, Dr. LaShonda McKeever, says anyone in need of health insurance can visit healthcare.gov and apply. And there's also financial assistance available. We're finding that four out of five customers can find plans for $10 a month or less after this newly expanded financial assistance. And if you're already covered through the program, she says it's always good to update your information and compare coverage. It's important for customers with plans to come back to healthcare.gov to compare plans. They may find something that better meets their needs. I'm Whitney Thomas. Well, the Mega Millions jackpot up to $1.35 billion with a cash value option of over $707 million, making the jackpot for tonight the second largest in Mega Millions history. Numbers will be drawn today, but Louisiana Lottery spokesperson Dustin Anderson says superstition doesn't seem to be stopping lottery players from trying their chances on all that money. Sales through this jackpot run through yesterday are about $16.7 million. Just for the last week alone, there have been nearly $5.1 million. Now our drawing tonight will mark the 26th of the current draw cycle, which started on October the 18th. And Anison says to be sure to get your tickets while you still can. Um, to be eligible for tonight's drawing, be sure to get your ticket by 9 p.m. And we wish everyone good luck. And even if you don't win the jackpot, there is still a chance to win some cash. Three Louisianians had winning tickets for $10,000 for the Tuesday night drawing. Anison says there's still an unclaimed $50,000 ticket that sold in Santa Mont from a July drawing that's going to expire soon. And it, it will expire on January the 26th. So if you have any old Powerball tickets uh, you know, around the house, be sure to check them because you might have a big winner. And that's a look at your news. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Much cooler. High temperatures only top it out in the mid-50s this afternoon. Still somewhat breezy. North to northwesterly winds coming in at around 10 to 15. But those winds will lighten up tonight. And with clear skies in place, we'll see lows dropping to pretty close to that freezing degree mark. So Apache Frost and or a light freeze definitely possible by tomorrow morning. So make sure you protect any tender vegetation that you may have. And be sure uh, that the pets have a warm place to stay as well. Otherwise, lots of sun. Sunshine once again tomorrow stays cool, upper 50s into the afternoon, but we're warming back up and we'll see more clouds on Sunday as highs push well into the mid and upper 60s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. Right now, no traffic crashes, no breakdowns to report to you. Make sure you're buckling up, keeping it safe out there today. Your national anthem is brought to you by Hulco Printers, serving Acadiana since 1972. Buy local, shop local, support Acadiana. Oh, so 
Acadiana, welcome into our number two of this Friday edition of Acadiana's Morning News. As we've got the rest of Renegade, Caleb Morrison here sharing baby stories here. All right, let me tell you what what is going to happen from this point on. Okay, uh, I decree because you two uh, were awesome to get. There needs to be a one minute feature once a week for you know like a five minute interview. Uh, Two dads. Two dads, yeah. Two dudes. <laughs> their stories. Y'all are hilarious, the two of y'all. Well, it's it's just because raising kids is such an endeavor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No Good doubt about it. Good for y'all. Hey, look, I say raising kids. <laughs> my, my wife, I'm very fortunate. My wife did 99% of the raising because I was gone for almost everything. Right. So. But. I got, to, I got to be the there. Country. I got to be there for the fun parts. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, we uh, we are going to talk some guns today. I think Brandon and... is blushing. No, no, I'm just kidding. We'll talk some guns today. And uh, Caleb joining us here as uh, we're thankful so much for your time. And we're going to talk about some great topics here. And, um, well, you know, one that we want to go into uh, is what's happening in Illinois. Um, as some sheriffs have gotten together and uh, about the assault weapons ban. And they've uh, sent a message to the governor there. What are they telling them? So uh, I think it was Wednesday night the governor signed a governor of Illinois signed a bill into effect that if you are a resident of Illinois, mm-hmm. you cannot own what they're calling assault firearms. So essentially, it, it, it essentially it is a semi-automatic magazine-fed rifle. Mm-hmm. So AR-15s, AKs, uh, the Ruger 1022, which is a 22 caliber firearm, been around for a long time. It's essentially any semi-automatic rifle that takes a magazine is now banned. Can't possess it, can't own it, can't manufacture it, can't use it. 
It also bans any, any magazine with a capacity of higher than 15 rounds. Now, they went through. They voted on this. This is not just the governor going through and, and, and pencil whipping this up in the law. This was voted on. Unfortunately, Did you say pencil whip? I've never heard that one before. Pencil whip? They weren't like, make it happen. That's a good one. I got it. Yeah. So whenever they voted on it, whenever their house voted on it, their constituents was a huge uh, outpouring that said, look, we don't support this. But it passed. They voted against their constituents and passed this. So the governor came out, announced it, said what he was doing, everything else. The first day, so Thursday, the first day this came out, two sheriffs, two sheriffs joined together, wrote a letter to the governor's office and said, look, this goes against the Constitution of the United States. Mm -hmm. This restricts the Second Amendment right of, of, of the people, right. and we will not enforce this. Because in there, you also have to register all of your firearms with the state, with the oh, sheriff's wow. department, all this other stuff, yeah. and gave no way to make it happen or anything. And these sheriffs were like, we're not doing this. Hmm. So two at that point, the governor came out and said, you as a sheriff, you do, if you don't support this, you're out of a job. Mm. Well, the sheriffs came out, and those two came out and said, that's not how it works. Yeah. We're elected officials exactly. just like you are. Yeah, yeah. You can't just tell us we're out of a job. Yeah, they can't fire the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> so now 34 sheriffs wow. have signed this pact. That's good. That says, you know what? Our constituents said they didn't want this. Y'all are trying to cram it down our throats. Mm -hmm. We refuse to take this. The people will be heard. And we will support the people. It started with two, though. Started with two. Man, that's amazing because, um, I mean, the guts that it took for those two. And I know that they knew they couldn't be fired. But if it had just stayed two, because we talked about, hey, look, there's strength mm -hmm. in numbers. Um, maybe there could have been certain political pressures put on them that would have made it so hard for them. But now that, you, now that it's grown exponentially to 34, now you've got some, you know, you've now got some leverage. authority behind it. Yeah. There's leverage. And, you know. Somebody has to be first. Yeah. Somebody has right. to be first. Yeah, and and uh, all too often we sit by the sidelines. We're like somebody else mm -hmm. should do something. Somebody else should take a, take a stand. Um, and I've said it before. I believe I am somebody. I am someone. So if somebody or someone should do something, mm -hmm. I'm doing it. There you go. So and I, I applaud these sheriffs for standing up for the right of the people, the citizens of Illinois, and saying, you know what, we're not doing this. Yeah, and having a family that lives in Illinois um, that constantly watch the issues, um, they have been frightened for years. They, they too, stay on top of the issues uh, related to, to guns because they're frightened that their guns will be taken away. I mean, they're, you know? they've been afraid of a ban. They've been afraid of a of seizure. Mm -hmm. There's been so much threatened mm -hmm. and... To live in a in a state where you're constantly oppressed like that, yeah, it, it's just disheartening. Well, and look, this was the statement because I, I do want to read this from the governor's office because this is significant pressure that was that's being put on them still, um, and for these two to speak out against it and then for the number to grow is really amazing. Uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's office issued a statement calling the messages "quote political grandstanding at its worst." and said that sheriffs and departments that refuse to enforce the ban are, quote, in violation of their oath of office. The assault weapons ban is the law of Illinois. The General Assembly passed the bill, and the governor signed it into law to protect children in schools, worshipers at church, and families at parades from the fear of a sudden mass murder. Sheriffs have a constitutional duty to uphold the laws of the state, not pick and choose which laws they support and when. So when that argument is put out there, that's an argument that tries to combine the rule of law with emotion mm -hmm. to get public support on their side. 
it would be easy for any of these sheriffs to say, okay, I can't fight this. Well, and what people forget about is when you look at the emotion that was put into this, mm-hmm. a lot of these laws, laws that, that are like this, that are structured this way to, to erode your rights, are done out of, one, ignorance. And it's okay to be ignorant. There are a lot of things that I'm ignorant about. Mm-hmm. But ignorance and fear, those are two great motivators that have been employed and used against us for years. Mm-hmm. Because when you look back at it, the first mass killing we had in the United States Bath, Massachusetts in the early 1900s was done with homemade explosives yeah. and a limited capacity rifle. I believe it was semi-automatic. I don't remember. It might have been a Winchester model. I don't, I don't remember that one very well. Mm-hmm. And it was done by a CPA at a school board. And he, sh- he blew up a school and shot up the teachers and students as they ran out of school. Mm-hmm. So we've already gone through, and statistics and science have proven that a magazine ban would do nothing to limit most of these issues. It would do nothing to curb or limit the standard Deaths that we get, which are very, very, happens daily because of crime. Mm-hmm. Crime is the main issue, not our rights and freedoms as American citizens. There you go. All right. So we'll uh, see how this uh, fight continues on in Illinois. All right. Let's look at what's happening. There is a university course that's going to explore gods and guns while they frequently go together. So this really caught me. It didn't catch me off guard. It, it intrigued me. Um, a religious professor or religion professor sat down and one of his students who's, who's he teaches a, a Christianity based class. Mm-hmm. One of his students, which is from another country, uh, was like, look, talking to him and said, uh, why do do American Christians have this just af- affection and draw for firearms? I don't understand it. And they started looking into it. And as a Christian in the United States, you're 40 percent more likely to own a firearm. So what he's done in this college course, I'm trying to see if there's an online version, because if there's an online version, I want to take it. Yeah. Uh, he sat down and put the statistics, put the numbers together, and brought it back and looked at the biblical side of it, to where when Jesus said, sell your cloak and buy a sword, mm-hmm. when he said that you should be able to defend yourself from those spiritual, uh, spiritual oppressors and physical oppressors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he's laid this out. He's done a lot of research on it. But this is the first time they've offered this course. What an interesting Yeah. Hell. So I, I'm just really curious as to the direction they're going to go because this course is going to continually evolve, especially mm-hmm. this is the first time they offer it. And, I, I mean, it, it intrigues me because I hear it very often, the argument, you know, uh, the Bible and my pistol or the Bible and my rifle, mm-hmm. God and my guns, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I'm like, look, man, I, like, I feel Tom the same Starnes way. wrote a whole yeah. book on that. Yeah. 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 You know, because remember one of the politicians said clinging there, or maybe it was Hillary, I don't know. Clinging their, clinging on to their guns and Bibles. It was either yeah. Hillary or Obama. Yeah, one of the two. Uh huh. Either um, one, both one I didn't agree with, but yeah. you know, I am. I'm clinging to, to to my faith and to my firearms because both will save me in one way or another. Well, and what's amazing, you know, just reading about what the professor was talking about with this course, you know, like the first two weeks, okay, they're going to read what the Bible says about violence, and he's fully aware that many of these students haven't read any of the Bible. They haven't, mm-hmm. you know, been taught what the Bible says and to be getting it in college like this, it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, I grew up in a, in a, a Southern Baptist family and we read the Bible and went to church and there was a lot that I didn't realize I didn't know about the Bible until I did take different courses on religion. Yeah. I took uh, courses on Middle Eastern religion. I took courses on uh, pagan religions and other things and then Christian, Christian religions. Mm-hmm. And when I dug into it more and more, I realized how much I'd skipped over mm-hmm. As a, as a as a Christian person, a Christian mm-hmm. man reading the Bible, how much I was just like, no, nah, I don't want to read that, or that's really weird. I don't mm-hmm. want that. And then getting into this and looking at it and finding the research from uh, biblical historians and so forth, 
it changed the whole way I read the Bible. Right. It put it to a whole new perspective. Um, and that's what I'm curious about this course. I really yeah, see where, something pretty interesting. Yeah, really. where will it go? How will it progress? Yeah, see that. Fascinating. So Wesleyan University. Yeah, but I've, uh, I've already courses. emailed them, too, because I'm just like, man. If and it was offer Obama, this by the way. It was? Yes. Your Google foo is very good. Yes, well, actually, <laughs> the Joe of the Cunningham. Ah. Three, three to four Monday through Friday on Cape House. Uh-huh. He still has some of his brain left. <laughs> <laughs> we do not. Hold on to it, Joe. Hold on to it. And your guns in your Bible, Joe. There you right. go. That's right. Uh, anything else we want to touch on before we let you go, man? Um, so I just want to let everybody know that uh, Shot Show is coming up next week. Uh, so we're going to have uh, myself. I'm going to I'm going to go to Vegas and see what we have going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be sending pictures and some things back Ooh. to the to the guys and all at the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way we can do some teasers of what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about that is when we go to this, mm-hmm. I like to make posts on our social media. I like to talk to people about it because. Here's our chance to see new product yeah. and find out if the people of Acadiana want us to try to bring it into the ah, shop. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it, it'll be a good time. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be gone all next week. Uh, but Justin and everybody else at the shop, you're holding the Ford down. So uh, you'll go by, harass them, have a good conversation with them, and drink some coffee. <laughs> and your voice will be heard tomorrow, 10 to 12, on Implicit Bias? It will, it will. And uh, I did not sit in the chair of intoxication. <laughs> so uh, one day that chair is going to catch up to me, but it hadn't gotten me yet. <laughs> All right. Caleb Morris, Rustic Renegade, thank you so much, man. Appreciate your time. Thank you all. Y'all enjoy the weekend and put a jacket on. It's a little chilly today. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> this is Acadiana's home for breaking news and weather. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at Matthew-James.com. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. From the Cape Hill Newsroom, I'm Bernadette Lee. Lafayette police say the motorist killed in a single vehicle crash on Pinhook yesterday morning has been identified. They say Jamarius Charles of Lafayette died from injuries sustained when the vehicle he was driving hit a curb and eventually a few trees. The vehicle ended up overturned. Lafayette police say their investigation into the crash remains open. Dusant police say two people died and two people were taken to a hospital after a suspected overdose on what is believed to be fentanyl. Officers were able to administer Narcan to one of the victims, but were unable to save the lives of two others. Traffic alert for motorists who use I-49 North. The roadway will be closed at the I-10 interchange next Friday, January 20th, and it'll remain closed throughout the weekend. So repairs to the damaged overpass can begin. The overpass was damaged when struck by a truck that was hauling an excavator Back on January 3rd, the Vermilion Parish 911 committee has rejected bringing a second ambulance service to the parish. Med Express wanted to expand their operations into the parish, but the committee said no. The company will now have to wait two years before they can reapply to provide services in the parish. Sunday is the deadline for open enrollment at healthcare.gov. If you're in need of health insurance, anyone can apply. You might even qualify for financial help in paying the premiums. If you have questions, you can go online to healthcare.gov or call their helpline at 800-318-2596.
Niagara Bottling has announced plans for a $160 million investment into a state-of-the-art facility near Hammond. The project is forecast to create some 70 permanent jobs. The new facility plans to be operational as early as the first quarter of 2024. That's news. I'm Bernadette Lee. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Much cooler. High temperatures only topping out in the mid-50s this afternoon. Still somewhat breezy. North to northwesterly winds coming in at around 10 to 15. But those winds will lighten up tonight with clear skies in place. We'll see lows dropping to pretty close to that freezing degree mark. So Apache Frost and or a light freeze definitely possible by tomorrow morning. So make sure you protect any tender vegetation that you may have. And be sure uh, that the pets have a warm place to stay as well. Otherwise, lots of sunshine. Once again, tomorrow stays cool, upper 50s into the afternoon. But we're warming back up, and we'll see more clouds on Sunday as highs push well into the mid and upper 60s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you Cape Al News Time is coming up on 7.37 here on Acadiana's Morning News. It is Friday, and it is this time, and we have Eddie Longley from Vermilion Parish Crime Stoppers joining us as usual, and you brought a friend with you today. I, I thought it was bring a friend day. It, hey, <laughs> you can bring a friend every week. That's right, especially if it's yeah. new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I brought new again. Uh, new, uh, every, it's, it's funny, every time I leave here, uh, when new comes on, I always get that call or a text. Mm-hmm. Who's that guy? Yeah. Who's that guy? Mm-hmm. You just can't help but fall in love with new. Mm-hmm. So. That 100,000%. Yeah. I can say that. They're just, they're good people. Yeah. And everybody that's friends and family with him, good people too and just y'all got a lot of god light in y'all so now, new brought a sister with him too i you got to tell them the nicknames of your sisters my <laughs> sister twin sister's name is big mama and little mama oh my gosh that's so cute <laughs> <laughs> so i have big mama with me today oh do you yeah. oh my gosh that's so cute okay is she big mama because she's the older one she's big mama because she's the older one and she's a little Oh, she's like me. Yeah. A lot of love. love A lot of love. She's got to deal with a lot of love. I love that. Oh, my gosh. This is so cute. So what's been going on with you, man? Oh, man. You know, uh, working, of course, but also implementing the things and core values uh, that are passionate to me into our community. Mm-hmm. So upcoming, we have Monday, Martin Luther King uh-huh. uh, Day, and uh, we're going back to the Christian Service Center and okay. providing meals for those group of kids. Yesterday, I had a meeting with the boy, new Boys and Girls Club director. Her name is Kim Bessard. Uh-huh. We're going to be planning a fun day for special needs kids. Mm-hmm. So the elderly and the special needs kids are dear to my heart. Yeah. And, you know, there's you could never do enough for those people, mm-hmm. those kids. And, uh, you know, growing up, you know, some of these kids are looked at differently. Right, right. And so for me, it's to bring the love 
back into the community to show that they're no different than anyone else, mm-hmm. you know, um, same way like the elderly. Right. They're no different than anyone else. And if you see an elderly person picking up trash in their yard, show show love, show neighbor, show neighborhood love. You know, where's the neighborhood love to go and assist, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Um, take out her trash, paint her house, cut the grass. So, you know, those are the things that we're going to be working on and implementing as well this upcoming year. Also, college tours. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I know that were valuable to Abbeville and Vermilion Parish, we're bringing that back. Right. And so the meal uh, that y'all are giving away, uh, the meals, excuse me, that's going to be in Abbeville? That's going to be Abbeville. We're, uh, you know, at the Christian Service Center, uh, the director over there, his name is Marcelo Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, great guy. Um, and uh, we work together with them and we get other organizations involved mm-hmm. and community people, people that live in their neighborhood, you know. Right. Yeah. How do you feel, um, you know, because you do a lot of the work behind the scenes and, and, and helping to organize these uh, these events and such. And how do you feel the community's becoming reactive to it over the past few years? Man, you know, it, it, I'm going to tell you this. It starts with leadership. Mm-hmm. Great leaders create great followers. Right. That will eventually turn into great leaders. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you don't have to be a follower all, all your life. There right. are gifts that, that God has placed in you for you to shine bright with mm-hmm. that I need to learn from. Right. And so by the leadership that they're seeing, it's giving them the trust that they need to trust the leadership. Because yeah. a lot of times people doubt your leadership if they see hidden agendas, mm-hmm. right? And they know I have a pure heart. They know my reasoning. Right. Matter of fact, I have the shirt on today. There you go. <laughs> and um, reach group. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, they know whatever I do is done through love and trust. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have trust, you don't have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, by people seeing that, we get the youth involved in the community, the high schools. We have a new principal, mm. Mr. Philip Freeman. Okay. Um and, um, you know, the kids are more involved. We got them to go and volunteer at the local Head Start right. for Christmas, you know. So they contacted us mm-hmm. and we said, no, we're going to get the, the youth involved. So we let them go be Santa Claus. We let them be the elves. And they had a great time. I Very cool. That. Very cool. Golly, good stuff. Well, and, and a lot of what you're talking about, you know, pride in, in your area and making your area the best that it can be. And y'all are going to be like, why are you bringing this up, Brandon? But I think this has something to do with that as well. The Abbeville football team had a, did a, had a great year this year. Yeah. And I think that that positive, you know, when you have a, a local team that's maybe been struggling for a while, I was a part of it when I went to Northside High. We had a program that struggled for a long time. Yeah. And then when we started doing good, the community got behind us and it was like a positive rallying point. And I, and I love how that's all going together. Yeah. 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 And uh, we just want to continue to grow Vermilion Parish because for so long it has been looked at in a negative way. Right. And so for so long, the good people in our community have been hidden because of the negativity mm-hmm. that has been communicated, mm-hmm. communicated. Right. Yeah. And so we're reversing that and communicating and working with people like Eddie and everybody else in the community that has a heart to serve, mm-hmm. a heart to give and a heart to continue to be great leaders. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes change. That's what makes a difference. So, Does it ever feel overwhelming? It never feels overwhelming because nobody can take away your passion. Your job is something that they can pay you from, mm-hmm. but your passion is something that you can never retire from. Yeah, 
That's great. Wow. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> Dang, that's good stuff. Dude, you're like, you're, dude, you're like the local, you're like a, the local Tim Tebow, man. Like, when I hear, like when I hear, like I always tell people when Tim Tebow comes here locally, like every blue moon, go listen to him speak. Dude, that's you. Dude. That's you over here, man. There'll you make be a people lot of times walls, I'll be having a bad day and I'll get one of those inspiring things from new and I'm like, oh, yep, my day just got better. Right? Yeah. I love it. So, Eddie. I'm glad you brought him in, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, I mean, we didn't have anything uh, to bring up on Crime Stoppers. Yeah, it worked out well. Uh, so when New uh, texted yesterday, I'm sure he communicated with Bernadette. I hope he did. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember yesterday. <laughs> it was such a long work day. <laughs> yeah. But actually, it worked out good. But we, we still want to remind people if they have uh, information on, on any crimes in the main mm -hmm. parish uh, to call 740-TIPS. Or they can download download and log on to the P3 app and well, report their tips and items. And the stuff that New is talking about, mm -hmm. that goes in hand-in-hand in hand with what you're doing as yes. well as far as helping to reduce crime in the area. That's too. exactly right. So It's good when you can come in and say, I don't really have any new crime. That's to talk exactly about. Right. right. See what you're getting, New? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, and look, I, I, I mean, I don't think it would ever happen, but I would hope at one point we would have to shut Crime Stoppers down because there's no crime to report. Wouldn't that be, that would be the great. Best. And and look and I don't wish ill on any anybody, but I I hope, you know, cops start losing their jobs because we don't have enough crime to <laughs> sorry, sorry my brothers and sisters in blue. But I mean he, he, what news doing is is certainly positive for the community and he's he's always been like that from from day one from the time I met him. And uh, everyone I talk to, it's it's always the same. He's just a positive influence for the community, and uh, he's in it for the right reason. So mm -hmm. uh, that's why I like hanging around him. He's a pretty yeah, good, me pretty too. Good guy. Yeah. Very uplifting. Yeah, uh, and we got a few things going Come. on uh, uh, this week uh, in Vermillion Parish. So tomorrow we have the Erath Project graduation gumbo cook-off. It's a uh, QSA. Uh, the serving starts at one, and Cajun Nation is going to be playing along with Gerald Gruning. And he's a treat to, to watch, and he's funny. Uh, but anyway, and also uh, Thibodeau's Town and Country is going to be having a farmer's market. That's from 7.30 a.m. to noontime. That's in Abbeville. And Saturday and Sunday is the 49th annual Vermilion Parish 4-H Livestock Show. Oh, yeah, So if yeah, you're interested right. in getting some livestock, that would be mm -hmm. the place to do it. They're going to have auctions and stuff going on. And then Sunday, the Mo Nunez Volunteer Fire Department, they're going to be having uh, plate lunches. And that's off of Romulus Road. That's uh, near the Nunez Nursing Home. So if uh, anybody's in that area. And also, just a reminder, January 21st, mm -hmm. which is, is uh, a week from tomorrow, right. we're going to be having that autism awareness oh, yeah. uh, day that the Sheriff's Office and Crime Stoppers is going to be uh, co-hosting together. We're going to mm -hmm. have all kind of things. And again, that's going to be at QSA in Erath uh, on the parking lot. And if weather doesn't permit us to have it there, we're going to have it, we're going to move it indoors. So uh, yeah. we will have it on January 21st. And also a shout out to uh, a friend of mine, uh, another brother in blue, uh, Mike Oye with Iberia Parish uh, Sheriff's Office. And also a shout out to all the, the, the law enforcement and first responders that's listening. That's Absolutely. Fine. Yeah. Thank y'all for everything y'all do too. You know, it's a, it's a, you just never know. What's going on behind the scenes all the time? That's right. You know, all, a lot of moving parts. Yes, yep. yes, indeed. Yeah, but we have new here, and new's gonna take us out of that. We're gonna have no crime in Vermillion. <laughs> yeah, thank you, new. Make our jobs so easy. I got a quote for y'all. All right, if you know where you're going, it teaches you how to think. Okay. Yep. Hey. So just remember that. Mm -hmm. If like you it. know where you're going, 
it teaches you how to think. Yes. I like it. So can we talk a little bit about the young students? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, okay. of course, of course. So New has this idea. He gets Miss Nakia involved. Now these young people are off and running. Um, and it won't be too, too long before they'll be able to put their segments together. Yeah. yeah. And so this group of young kids will be doing their own podcast. Right. They'll be doing their own podcast. And um, so... I want to make it clear. So it was Ms. Nakia's idea. My, oh, my, I got it back. My, got it backwards. My <laughs> job is to bring the leadership out of everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Your vision. So Nakia came to me. She said, I had this vision about a teen podcast. And so I pulled the vision out of her because, again, sometimes we get caught up with life and things like that. And the vision behind it was to be four teens by teens. And so um, these teens are from Vermilion Parish. We wanted teens from each school to represent a school and to talk about issues that are important to these teens, right? These teens feel like they don't have a voice. Um, Certain issues that we never talk about. One, for instance, is race issues. That is a problem that will not go away. And some kids feel like they can't talk about it, right? So these kids don't properly get the conversations out to have uh, the proper understanding about this issue. Mm -hmm. And so like with um, the crime in our area, it it, it makes them fearful of police officers because of what they've been told, how they've been conditioned. Mm -hmm. So it will help Eddie out to understand how these kids think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it will help the parents to understand how their kids think and what they deal with, mm-hmm. you know, being in a comfortable environment in a radio uh, setting mm-hmm. or, you know, in an office setting or, you know, in a community setting to where they're comfortable to release these pains. You know, a lot of these kids deal with uh, mental illness, mental health mm-hmm. issues. We had one little girl. She dealt with mental health issues and her mm-hmm. therapist told her this is perfect. Yep. To be a part of this podcast, mm-hmm. it gives you an opportunity to speak up on issues that are important to you. Yeah. And boy, what a, like you said, it, mm-hmm. this is great for parents and for any adults yeah. who deal with teenagers to understand. You got to understand their perspective, too. You got to yeah. know where people are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we want the kids to understand the ins and outs of a bit of the business side of it as well. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be learning life skills. They're going to be learning about entrepreneurship, you know, uh, doing the editing, um, mm-hmm. all of that, you know, and we want the kids to be able to have this going into adulthood, all the tools they need, uh, mm-hmm. learn about credit, uh, mm-hmm. learn about uh, health and wellness. So all the issues that we know are not being in the forefront for these teens we want to make this podcast be the center point to where the kids can learn, the adults can learn, and the community can learn. There's there's a saying that comes to mind as you're talking about this that I've heard in the past where, you know, like kind of an old school saying that says, you know, kids are supposed to be seen but not heard. Hmm. You that huh. you can't afford to do that anymore. No. No. Right. Cannot afford to do that anymore. No. And, you know, it's it's always the adults telling the children to learn from their experiences. Mm-hmm. And a, one of the kids spoke up in the meeting and he said, you know, I wish my parents would stop trying to compare their experiences to mine. Isn't that true? Oh, my it's God. A whole yeah, different yeah. world. Oh, my God. When so they, yeah. so I was <laughs> listening. Um, so the show that comes on before us, the Fox News Rundown, they had on a I believe it was a sheriff. I know it was someone in law enforcement who was talking about how 
a lot of times the older generation says, well, I used to have it this much harder than mm -hmm. you did and doing that same thing. And he said, yeah. yeah, quit doing that. Yes. He said, because one thing about it is he said, honestly, I believe this generation has it more difficult because of social media. When oh you gosh. make a mistake, it's broadcast yes. to everyone in yes. the world, mm -hmm. as opposed to back then where maybe it could be mm -hmm. swept under the rug. Yes, I, I totally agree. You get kids that are bullied yeah. through mm -hmm. social media, you know, uh, photographer photos taken of them yep. that is posted mm -hmm. on social media. So, And that's the things that we want to tackle and start to create a different trend right. mm -hmm. that will uh, educate people and also bring awareness to the importance of not being a bully, mm -hmm. you know, and start changing the mindset. And we have to be able to listen to them, like you said. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And when somebody, when an adult says that to a kid, it basically, it's like you're negating how they feel. Yes. Yes. You know? And that's the last thing you really want to do. Yes. But and that just builds what, up more anger inside yeah, of Yeah, and misunderstanding and yeah. between generations. Yes. You know, because... Our experience is, oh, yeah, we think we did have it so hard. But you know what? When something happened in school, like you guys were talking about, you know, yeah, it was broadcast at school for a day or two. Yes. And then it was over, yeah, right? Because they moved they on pushing. to yes. the next kid that, yeah. I don't know, farted in school or whatever. <laughs> you know? But now yes. some kid will have a recording of that and yes. they'll put it on Instagram and yes. Snapchat and then... Okay, Snapchat disappears, but you can do the screenshot yes. and send it around to everyone. And yes. it's just not a good place sometimes for mm. these young kids. And we need to not discount yeah. their where they're coming no. from. And one last point I want to make off of your mm. off of what you're saying about after the first or two days it's over with. It's the same way with gun violence. Back then you used to fight, get over with, and your friends again. Right. Now it's I'm picking up a gun and I'm taking your life. Yeah. And so we need to be able to reach these kids. Let them talk about what they're going yes. through and let them see you don't have to pick up a gun to deal with an issue. Mm -hmm. And they're not being taught. Yeah. So who do we blame? We got to look at ourselves, you know, as a community, not mm -hmm. just their parents, but as a community. You know, if you see a little kid walking down the street or in your neighborhood, have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Don't ignore them. You know, that kid could be going to do something that they're not supposed to. But because you keep ignoring him, he feels like it's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Gosh. Boy, we could talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and you make an excellent point, too, with the idea of, you know, if this child or children, I mean, we know. Because people surrender their kids all the time. Or they have addiction issues and their kids are in the system. Yes. This system, the system's broken. Yes. So you have all of these kids in every parish and in every city in America that don't have anyone. So what are we going to do? Yes. Are we going to keep ignoring it? Yes. Or are we going right. to try to at least help in some form, in some capacity? Because if we don't give help and some sort of attention, yeah, it's it's the job of the parents. But guess what? When you are in addiction, yeah, that's the only thing that matters to you. Yeah. So right. the people raising your kids are not usually doing it from the love of their heart. Right. So we had one last point. We had a, uh, a young girl, 17 years old. Her mom was uh, an addict. Mm -hmm. She lost her father. Mm -hmm. This little 17 year old girl right now is paying rent, living by herself, $700. Mm -hmm. So they reached out to the Vermilion Reach group and we were able to provide some assistance to this young lady. But just talking about a girl being in the system. Yeah. Um, 
you know, not able to get the, the, the services she need because of her age. Yeah. <laughs> this is not an episode of Special Victims Unit. Right. Right. right? This yeah. is happening in Vermilion Parish. Yeah. yeah. You know, so the this Our next door neighbor. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And that story is repeated hundreds of times yeah. every year, every day in all of our parishes. Yeah. Well, this was a. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> <conversation, gentlemen. laughs> that's that's, that's going to be huge for them to have a voice. That yeah. really is. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Eddie, new. Thank you all so much for coming by. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. you all very much. All right. Weekend. We're going to take a break right here. Fox News coming up top of the hour. I'm Connell McShane. This is the Fox Business Report. J.P. Morgan Chase's profit jumped in the recent quarter. It is returning to buying back its stock. The bank is now predicting a mild recession. Bank of America also topped forecasts with business picking up from year-ago levels. Wells Fargo's quarter was impacted by a $3.7 billion settlement with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Delta's in revenue top forecast, though Wall Street was hoping for a more upbeat prediction from Delta, its stocks losing ground. Apple's CEO Tim Cook will take a 40% pay cut this year. Cook asked for the pay reduction, responding to shareholder feedback. There's also a possibility that Apple's holiday quarter was impacted by production cuts in China. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cozola. Invested in you. Democrats predicted an end to high inflation, but nothing has changed. In fact, food and housing prices are still going higher. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you to protect your savings from inflation by diversifying into a physical gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, simply text the word SHELTER to 989898, and you'll get a free info kit on gold IRAs that will explain everything. Again, that's SHELTER to 989898. There's no obligation or purchase required. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. There's a lot of destruction in the South. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. This is going to be a storm. So many across Alabama remember. At least six people were killed there when tornadoes ripped through, doing a lot of damage. Fox Weathers, Nicole Valdez, standing in front of what used to be a daycare. There were dozens of people inside, including babies, some just a few weeks old, shielded by staff members who had to act quickly as that tornado tore through this historic town. There's also damage in other states, including Mississippi, Kentucky, and Georgia, where a five-year-old was killed when a tree fell on the car he was in. Russia is saying one thing, Ukraine, and the other. Amid intense fighting in the east, Russia claims it's taking control of the town of Solodar, which, Solodar, which would cut off supply lines to Ukrainian troops in a city Russia also wants. But Ukraine says no, Solodar has not fallen. This Ukrainian doctor says there are a lot of casualties there. It's close combat. We have gunshots. Yeah, we have... Uh, grenade shrapnel wounds. Lisa Marie Presley is getting tributes on social media after Elvis's only child died at age 54. She began her date reportedly complaining about stomach pains. TMZ is reporting that she was found unresponsive in her bedroom by her housekeeper. Her ex-husband with whom she lived began CPR and she was revived at home but then later died at the hospital. Lisa Marie lived her entire life in the spotlight with it even
even a few high-profile marriages, most notably to Michael Jackson and Nicolas Cage. Teresa Priola with Fox 5 TV. It's back to court this hour for the Trump Organization to be punished for tax fraud. The Trump Organization faces a fine of up to $1.6 million after being found guilty on all 17 counts that included charges of conspiracy and falsifying business records. Fox's Tanya J. Powers, the Trump Organization's chief financial officer, Ellen Weisselberg, he had already pleaded guilty. He was sent to jail earlier this week for five months. America's listening to Fox News. Some people got COVID and thought, well, that wasn't such a big deal. But you can get COVID again, and next time it could be worse, especially for those 50 and older or with a chronic condition like heart disease or diabetes. But with an updated vaccine, you have better protection from COVID's worst outcomes. And that's a big deal. Find updated COVID vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. A special counsel has been appointed to investigate President Biden over classified documents dating back to his time as vice president. They were found at an old office in November, then at the Biden residence in Delaware, some in his garage. Former Maryland U.S. Attorney Robert Hur will fill that role. Attorney General Garland says Hur has handled high-profile cases. In the opinion of GOP Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, I'm not sure he had a choice. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre said the president's lawyer, Richard Sauber, says he's certain the probe will show that these documents were inadvertently misplaced. Republicans in Congress say they want more information by month's end. Gernal Scott, Fox News. Next hour, President Biden will welcome Japan's prime minister to the White House. Security will be a big topic amid Japanese concerns about China and North Korea. The U.S. and Japan will also sign an agreement to further cooperate in space. Another trial is underway related to the 2021 Capitol riot. And again, the Justice Department is using a rare charge, seditious conspiracy, which is what the Oath Keepers founder was convicted of last year. Now it's the head of the Proud Boys group. That is going to be on trial. This is an organization that was part of what happened on January 6, 2021, and the trial got underway yesterday. After two weeks of vetting jurors, opening statements were delivered in court in D.C. Federal prosecutors said group leader Enrique Tario and four other Proud Boys members plotted to assault democracy and wanted to disrupt the transfer of presidential power. The judge also allowed prosecutors to show video of then-President Trump during a presidential debate, saying to Proud Boys members, stand back and stand by. Documents filed before trial show prosecutors plan to show messaging conversations the men had ahead of the 6th, revealing their planning. That's Fox's Jessica Rosenthal on Wall Street. There could be some big selling at the opening bell. Dow futures down 300 points. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news update. Lafayette police say the motorist that was killed in a single vehicle crash on Pinhook Road yesterday morning has been identified. Police say that Jamarius Charles of Lafayette died from injuries sustained when the vehicle he was driving 
struck a curb, eventually several trees, and ended up overturned. Lafayette police say their investigation into the crash remains open. Dusan police say two people died and two people were taken to a hospital after a suspected overdose on what is believed to be fentanyl. Officers were able to administer Narcan to one of the victims, but were unable to save the lives of two others. A traffic alert for motorists who use I-49 North. That roadway will be closed at the I-10 interchange next Friday, January 20th, and it will remain closed throughout that weekend, so repairs to the damaged overpass can begin. That overpass was damaged when it was hit by a truck hauling an excavator. This happened on January 3rd. The Vermilion Parish 911 committee has rejected bringing a second ambulance service to the parish. Med Express wanted to expand their operations into the parish, but the committee said no. The company will now have to wait two years before they can reapply to provide services in the parish. Well, the Pentagon has ended COVID vaccine mandates for U.S. service men and women. It comes after the Pelican Institute for Public Policy sued on behalf of two Louisiana military members who didn't want to get the shots for religious reasons. Pelican's general counsel, Sarah Harbison, says it wasn't only Pelican's lawsuit that made the military change its policies. There were class actions against the Navy, Air Force and Marine Corps. And there are just thousands of service members who applied for and were rejected. I believe 98% of the religious accommodation requests were denied. Pelican sued on behalf of Master Sergeant Robert Gailey and Senior Airman Faith Crocker, who cited religious reasons for not wanting the vaccine. Harbison says their pleas fell on deaf ears. They both spoke with their chaplain and they submitted requests to receive religious exemptions due to their sincerely held religious beliefs that they shouldn't receive the vaccine, and those requests were denied. Up to 8,000 U.S. servicemen and women have been discharged over refusing the COVID shots. Harbison says the separation process has already started for one of the clients, Sergeant Gailey. We've reached out to each of our clients to find out whether the um, Army's getting rid of the vaccine mandate resolves their complaints. Now, Harbison says the Pentagon's decision was not just due to the Pelican Institute's lawsuit. Dozens of lawsuits were filed across the nation. Well, one of the bills that has been filed for the upcoming legislative session would hold fathers accountable for half of pregnancy-related medical expenses. I would really find it hard to believe that anybody would be against this bill. Abita Springs Representative Larry Freeman says when he found out that mothers have no recourse to recoup at least half of pregnancy-related medical expenses from the father, he's hoping House Bill 5 will change that. And now, more than ever. Of course, after the overturning of Roe v. Wade and and our abortion ban. Proof of paternity is also required. She can't just make an allegation that a person is the father. They actually have to prove paternity. I'm Brooke Thorington. Well, the deadline for open enrollment for health insurance through healthcare.gov is 
Sunday. Director of the Office of Minority Health, Dr. LaShonda McKeever says anyone in need of health insurance can visit healthcare.gov and apply and there's also financial assistance available. We're finding that four out of five customers can find plans for $10 a month or less after this newly expanded financial assistance. And if you're already covered through the program, she says it's always good to update your information and compare coverage. It's important for customers with plans to come back to healthcare.gov to compare plans. They may find something that better meets their needs. I'm Whitney Thomas. Oh, the Mega Millions jackpot up to $1.35 billion with a cash value option of over $707 million, making the jackpot for tonight the second largest in Mega Millions history. Numbers will be drawn today, but Louisiana Lottery spokesperson Dustin Anderson says superstition doesn't seem to be stopping lottery players from trying their chances on all that money. Sales through this jackpot run through yesterday are about $16.7 million. Just for the last week alone, they've been nearly $5.1 million. Now our drawing tonight will mark the 26th of the current draw cycle, which started on October the 18th. And Anison says to be sure to get your tickets while you still can. Um, to be eligible for tonight's drawing, be sure to get your ticket by 9 p.m. And we wish everyone good luck. And even if you don't win the jackpot, there is still a chance to win some cash. Three Louisianians had winning tickets for $10,000 for the Tuesday night drawing. Anison says there's still an unclaimed $50,000 ticket that's sold in Santa Mont from a July drawing that's going to expire soon. And it, it will expire on January the 26th. So if you have any old Powerball tickets uh, you know, around the house, be sure to check them because you might have a big winner. And that's a look at your news. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Much cooler temperatures mid-50s into the afternoon. Still somewhat breezy north to northwesterly winds coming in at around 10 to 15 miles per hour. Cold tonight. In fact, Apache frost and or a light freeze possible heading into our Saturday morning with lows dipping into the lower and middle 30s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPL. West Baton Rouge's newly renovated conference center is a Convention South Reader's Choice winner and is the ideal spot for weddings and other special occasions. Visit westbatonrouge.net. Like them on Facebook, westbatonrouge.net. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. Watch out for a fender bender. West Congress. In the area right around South Washington, that's West Congress at South Washington. And Ambassador Caffrey closer to Ridge Road, Ambassador closer to Ridge Road. Please buckle up. For victims of drunk and drug driving, your grief is unique, but you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call the 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. Good morning, Acadiana. Welcome into hour number three of this Friday edition of Acadiana's Morning News. Bernadette Lee, Brandon Como here with you. Got a lot going on in this hour, so let's get right to it. We've got motivational speaker Crystal Berger, cbinspires.com, joining us on the phone line. Crystal, good morning. Uh, good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Bernie. Look, B&B, &B, happy Friday to you guys. <laughs> Thank you, beautiful lady. <laughs> well, Crystal, yeah. you know, one thing that we talk about, you know, the beginning of the year, being motivated to be able to tackle the things that we want to in the new year. And sometimes, you know, even, uh, you know, a few days into the new year, it's hard to stay motivated. 
talk to us about how we can motivate ourselves when it feels like we're running low on it. For sure, Brandon. And it's kind of like what I mentioned last week. 43% of folks really don't see their New Year's, their New Year's resolutions through January. And mm-hmm. it's to be expected, though. So I first want to say to every listener out there, give yourself some grace. You know, since March of 2020, uh, we have been through a lot as a, as a community, as a global population. And so you really want to first give yourself grace on feeling motivated because you're going to have days where you, you're just not up for it, right? It's just one of those days. It's like the computer, right? Not wanting to boot up. It's like, <laughs> hey, I don't want to do it today. You know, um, but one, one key thing that I always encourage people to do, and it's something that started when I went into started working in the newsrooms, is to get up early. So research shows that early risers are more successful, are more productive, better planners, and better at anticipating problems because essentially you get ahead of them. Folks like Vogue Editor-in-Chief and Wintour, you know, she gets up at 545. Um, Jeff uh, Emlett from uh, GE gets up around 530. Ursula Burns from Xerox, she's up at 5. 15. So the thing about waking up early, you can get ahead of the problems, but also you're up way before everyone else. <laughs> so <laughs> you can actually get some things done and that impacts the productivity. So sometimes when you're not motivated to get through a task, a lot of that has to do with distractions. And so if you wake up a little earlier in your day, you'll find yourself more productive. Another thing that you can do, Brandon and Bernie, that really makes a big difference and folks don't even know, it's something that your mom and your mama told you to do when you were little, uh, make your bed. Uh, make your bed. Really? And they, it, Yes, making your bed actually shows you uh, a sense of accomplishment of that first task of the day. And so it's like that's the first thing that you're actually getting done. And it also creates order in your mind. And so you want to think about it from that perspective. What are things that I could do in my home, around the house, before I even get outside and face the world and all of the other things that I have to do that can really make me feel like I've accomplished something, right? Mm -hmm. And so that might be something like meal prepping and meal planning, right? If you've already accomplished that, it's already set and orderly and ready to go, then it'll make it a little easier for you to eat healthy throughout the day. And then, of course, you're going to feel more productive because you're achieving your goal of being healthier. Yeah, getting those small wins to start the day really do add up. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and folks will say some things like, you know, um, set your alarm clock to to make sure that you put reminders in your phone. I think one of the greatest products out here, and I'm not getting paid by them, but I would love to, uh, (laughs) is Google the the, the G Suite, right? So the G Suite has all of these great things in the calendar function Mm -hmm. that a lot of us just don't use, and it really is free. One thing that I love to put in my phone is reminders, right? Because we are so busy and we are so, it's like that um, artificial intelligent way of motivating you throughout the day with a reminder like, hey, don't forget to, you know, uh, check in with the school's principal for whatever task you need to accomplish for the PCA or, you know, make sure that you're available for your, your, your group chat that you have with your social worker on Tuesdays. And so you want to make sure that you put these reminders in place as well because they can kind of be that silent reminder but also that silent advocate of promoting you to do some of the things that you need to get done. Organization. I mean, you can have all the energy in the world, but if you're not organized, you can find yourself getting overwhelmed. Wait, so I think Brandon is specifically looking at me no. and reading my mind. No. <laughs> yes, because because Brandon and Bernie, the truth is, is like when you aren't organized, right? Mm-hmm. So many other things can get in the way. Meaning if you know you really aren't that kind of workout, workout, 
girl or gal, you know, girl or guy, right? You know, pack your bag in advance. Put your boxing gloves in there. You know, do it the night before. Have your your change of clothes already packed because guess what? Once you get up in the morning, you're already going to have a thousand other things to do. You're going to be scrolling on your phone, checking for an email from your boss. You know, your partner's going to come in and say, hey, babe, did you make the, where did you put the food from last night? So you're going to have all of these things happening in your morning. But if you prep, the more prep you do in advance, the more likely you are to succeed. And so that's the other piece of it. Like really try to map out your day, you know, get get that organization in place so that you can face the day, right? Not respond to the day, <laughs> you know, because when you're responding to the day, you're really taking on other people's emotions, right? You're taking on other people's uh, perception of what you should do and you can't own those things. And that can really impact your motivation, right? Mm -hmm. But if you own your day, you predict your day. And of course, things are going to happen throughout the day that you didn't plan for. However, you'll be more likely to be in your own space to respond properly in a way that you'd like to rather than reacting to the external things that are happening in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is so fascinating. I'm I'm learning so much. <laughs> and you're right. I, and like, I mean, the the going back to what you said earlier about just making your bed. It's so true. Um, it's so true. When you do that one simple task to start the day, uh, when you kind of go, you know, doing about your things, and you see that bed being made, you know that you've accomplished something just to start it out. It's true. It it does play psychologically on, on your mind in a good way. Well, and that That's is true. Me. And I'm thinking I'm going to start doing it, Crystal. I just want to know one thing. Uh, do you make the bed even if the puppies are still in the bed? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you make them a separate bed, so they have to get ah. out of your bed and get into their bed. But I will say this. Also, guys, don't negate your previous wins. And, again, I don't want to um, look over the fact that a lot of folks are going through a lot right now, whether it's job loss, you know, uh, family loss. But remember the things that you've accomplished in the past. And those things are reminders that you can win, that you essentially are a winner and you can be your own motivation. When I took some time off, when I left the network and decided to pursue starting my own business, I went away to the Dominican Republic. And I know a lot of people can't do that. But one day I sat down and I wanted my goal was to write a list of 10 things that I had accomplished while I was at the network. Right. When I got up from sitting outside on the deck, I had 52 major things that I had done that I was wow. extremely proud of that really reminded me, right, of how motivated I was in those seasons in my life. And I was able to take those things point by point and reflect on, okay, where was I in my life? Because life is rarely perfect, right? It is rarely <laughs> perfect. But I could say to myself, where was I at my, in my life at this point in this accomplishment? And how did I actually overcome it? What intrinsic skill set that I tap into within myself to see this goal through? Because a lot of times we don't realize that we think that our wins are all, you know, we, Kobe Bryant used to say it, you know, don't focus on the destination. It's about the journey. Mm -hmm. Most of the time when we get to the destination, we forget the journey, yeah. right? And the journey is usually met with a lot of hills mm -hmm. and mountains, and, you know, and potholes, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you remember your journey to accomplishing your goal and then you compare it to your current situation, you can say, oh, wow, well, I do have the skills to get this done. I do have the resources to get this done. I just need to get in this mind space of actually understanding that it is a journey to get to the destination. 
Man, Crystal, I want to go to the Dominican Republic too. Namely, yeah. namely the Secrets Resorts. Oh, <laughs> I've been looking at. Oh yes, oh, yes, man. and you know, also look at Seahorse. Seahorse mm. is gorgeous. Okay. You know, okay. but even that kind of thing, right? Mm. Those are things that you can actually do to motivate you, right? Yeah. Like, so if you set a goal throughout the year, mm. right? Put away a journal where you're putting, or, or even a jar, and mm. just put like. $10, $15 in there, whatever chance you get, right? And throw that money in that jar. And that could, you could label the jar and say, you know, my Dominican Republic, uh, you know, secret resort <laughs> jar. And, and you're building toward that. And as you, as you see that actual money grow in the jar, you're getting closer to your goal. And it's also motivating you. So when you see that jar getting low, you don't say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't go to Starbucks this week, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe I don't need to splurge on this purse. And so I just encourage you to like set those kinds of goals as well, Brandon, because yeah. with those kinds of goals, it'll help you get and stay motivated throughout the journey as well. There was someone that we used to work with that would take an annual trip every year and this person would take coins and save them mm. up all year long and saw that, you know, that, that, you know, where the coins are being put away, build up, build up. And every year that would pay for that person's vacation. That's and so I always thought the dedication to that was pretty, was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I would say another thing, you know, Bernie, you and I, we talk often about getting all over the place and being really, really busy. Yep. You know, take a little small index card or a sticky note and write just down like things that really matter to you, like your true why, like what's in your heart of hearts on why you do what you do or why you want to go to to the resort in, in the Dominican Republic. And just write it down really briefly, a couple bullet points. And when you are having the craziest, most most chaotic, most hectic day, Go into your wallet and pull it out and just read it. And that's going to remind you, you know what? I'm not just doing this thing today. It's bigger than today. It'll motivate you for tomorrow. So that's another quick tip that you can always have on your journey that you can keep close to you. Or you can put that as a reminder in your phone to populate maybe once every month or once every two weeks. And it'll just say, hey, don't forget, we're going to the DR in the fall. You know, <laughs> and it's something that will really get you going and remind you, hey, all that I'm doing today is not for nothing. It's for the greater vision that I had at hand. Motivational speaker, Crystal Berger with CBinspires.com joining us. Uh, Crystal, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. And always remember to feel good on this Friday. I appreciate you. Amen. Have a good one, friend. It is coming up now on 826. I just love her. Celebrating 20 years of enlightening Acadiana. Cool. Moon Griffon, next on News Talk 96.5. K I'm living my best life. Ain't going back and forth with you now. I'm living my best life. Ain't going back and forth with you now. I'm living my best life. All right, uh, KPL News Time coming up on 828. Spending a few minutes here with Executive Director, Volunteer Louisiana, Director uh, Judd Johnson from here in Lafayette. And going to talk about... Um, Champions of Service Awards. Nominations are open through January 31st. Judd, good morning. Good morning, Brandon. How are you today? I'm doing well. So talk about this. You know, it's the Federal AmeriCorps program. Uh, you know, here in Louisiana, it's divided into uh, seven regions. And um, so talk a little bit about what y'all are doing right now. Yeah, so um, our office is in the office of the Lieutenant Governor, and we're charged primarily with managing the AmeriCorps programs across the state. Uh, but we also help coordinate volunteers in times of disaster, and we try to uh, to promote a culture of volunteerism in Louisiana. Uh, of course, we already have that. We know that neighbors love to give back and help one another. We see that especially after all the natural disasters we face. Uh, but 
our highest awards that we give out in the Lieutenant Governor's Office are our Champions of Service. And it's an opportunity to recognize outstanding volunteers throughout the state. We've got so many of them. Um, and people, you know, people serve and they volunteer not to be in the spotlight. It's because they have a heart for service. Uh, but this is an opportunity to put a spotlight on those unsung heroes across the state uh, in every community that are doing outstanding work to, to improve their communities. And talk about how people can uh, go about uh, nominating someone for this. Absolutely. You can nominate anyone um, who's a champion in your area or region. If you go to volunteerlouisiana.gov, uh, we have information there on how you can um, submit a form online to nominate outstanding volunteers. Last year, we had a record number of nominations. You know, we're looking forward to the same this year. And it's, you know, it's appropriate that we're talking about this. Um, of course, today's Friday the 13th, but Monday is Martin Luther King Day, which is a national day of service. Uh, so it's a good segue. Uh, service is in the atmosphere right now. It's a new year, um, uh, new energies. Uh, think about those people who really made an impact last year. Uh, go to volunteerlouisiana.gov and nominate them to be a champion of service. I can imagine uh, that you have met some pretty remarkable people through this project. Absolutely. You want to talk about humbling um, when you go into, and I will say, especially in small communities, um, in large communities too, but especially in small communities, when you see uh, the dedication that folks have um, to just get up every day and, and make an impact, uh, make a difference in such a quiet way when there's absolutely, you know, there's no media, there's no fanfare, they're just doing it. Um, it is incredibly humbling. And to see the impact uh, and how it affects people in their community is, is just incredible. And we know we have a lot of people, you know, Lafayette's my hometown. I know the Acadiana region has lots of unsung heroes, and we'd love to hear their stories and, and be able to share them. Yeah, uh, there, there's a person that comes to mind that uh, we were actually talking to early yep, on that fits exactly what you're talking thing. about. Yep. Yeah, the, the time slot we were originally supposed to have you in, uh, there was someone that was uh, on our airwaves that was um, very much fits the bill of what you're uh, you're describing right there, Judd. <laughs> Oh, well, perfect. I yeah. hope, I hope gonna, we get a nomination oh, yeah. for them. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, all right, Judd Johnson, uh, again, volunteerlouisiana.org. Uh, if you want, if no, you have dot somebody. Gov, oh, dot gov. gov. I'm sorry, dot gov. My apologies. But, yep. uh, to be able to nominate someone that, that fits your description. All right. Thanks so much. Happy Friday. Thank you, Judd. Happy you Friday. Thank you, too. All right. Coming up now on 831 on Acadiana's Morning News. The loudest voices on the biggest issues impacting your life. Continuing the long tradition of informing you in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at Matthew-James.com. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the KPL News app. Now the headlines from the KPL News Center. From the KPL Newsroom, I'm Bernadette Lee. Lafayette police say the motorist killed in a single vehicle crash on Pinhook yesterday morning has been identified. They say Jamarius Charles of Lafayette died from injuries sustained when the vehicle he was driving hit a curb and eventually a few trees. The vehicle ended up overturned. Lafayette police say their investigation into the crash remains open. Dusant police say two people died and two people were taken to a hospital after a suspected overdose on what is believed to be fentanyl. Officers were able to administer Narcan to one of the victims, but were unable to save the lives of two others.
Traffic alert for motorists who use I-49 North. The roadway will be closed at the I-10 interchange next Friday, January 20th, and it'll remain closed throughout the weekend. So repairs to the damaged overpass can begin. The overpass was damaged when struck by a truck that was hauling an excavator back on January 3rd. The Vermilion Parish 911 Committee has rejected bringing a second ambulance service to the parish. Med Express wanted to expand their operations into the parish, but the committee said no. The company will now have to wait two years before they can reapply to provide services in the parish. Sunday is the deadline for open enrollment at healthcare.gov. If you're in need of health insurance, anyone can apply. You might even qualify for financial help in paying the premiums. If you have questions, you can go online to healthcare.gov or call their helpline at 800-318-2596. Niagara Bottling has announced plans for a $160 million investment into a state-of-the-art facility near Hammond. The project is forecast to create some 70 permanent jobs. The new facility plans to be operational as early as the first quarter of 2024. That's news. I'm Bernadette Lee. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Much cooler. High temperatures only top it out in the mid-50s this afternoon. Still somewhat breezy. North to northwesterly winds coming in at around 10 to 15. But those winds will lighten up tonight. And with clear skies in place, we'll see lows dropping to pretty close to that freezing degree mark. So Apache Frost and or a light freeze definitely possible by tomorrow morning. So make sure you protect any tender vegetation that you may have. And be sure uh, that the pets have a warm place to stay as well. Otherwise, lots of sunshine. Once again, tomorrow stays cool, upper 50s into the afternoon, but we're warming back up and we'll see more clouds on Sunday as highs push well into the mid and upper 60s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Questions about youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit organization, develops better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. Info at positivecoach.org. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Right now, traffic. We've got low fender bender, Alcee Dominique Drive near University. That's Alcee Dominique Drive near University. Please buckle up. Be careful out KPL News Time is 8.40, Acadiana's Morning News, and we're joined by men and women of law enforcement here, Lafayette Police. We've got uh, Sergeant Robin Green, Lieutenant Jace Quibido joining us in the studio. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. And we are going to talk about coffee with a cop, and ironically, y'all are both drinking a cup of coffee. <laughs> so there you go. All right, so coffee with a cop happening on Tuesday of next week. Talk to our listeners about it and why y'all want to see them. All right. So Coffee with a Cop is not something that we just started. Mm -hmm. We've done this in the past. Right. And so with our new chief, she is really big about building positive community relations. Right. And so this event is a great event to do that type of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, come have a cup of coffee. I mean, every morning, everybody has a cup of coffee. Yes. But, you know, so many times, the majority of the times, our men and women in law enforcement 
our dealings with the public is during emergencies and emotional situations. And so that is not really the time to try to foster these relationships with the public. Yes, we do have conversations, but the conversations are mostly around whatever is going on at that moment that we were called to deal with. Mm -hmm. But with Coffee with a Cop, it's a more relaxed setting. Mm -hmm. You get to come. It's like having a conversation with your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how many times you go outside and you have a gripe and you're outside uh-huh. And you uh-huh. two days ago, yeah. <laughs> cross fences with my my neighbor. Yeah, you know, so you, you're telling them something that might have happened, and that we want it to be the same way. We want them to come sit in a relaxed setting, mm-hmm. have a cup of coffee, have a conversation. I mean, it it's this event to me is really a good community oriented event. Yeah. And we would like everybody come meet the women, the men and women of law enforcement that are patrolling your area. Yeah. Absolutely. And especially if you have a business, right? Absolutely. So let's say you have a business mm-hmm. and you're in, you know, either district one, two, three, four. Why not you as the boss or you as the manager? You know, I know, yeah, it takes people away from their job, but you know what? Why don't you go over and have conversations with this event? Because you get a chance to be able to, you know, kind of say, oh, why is this this way? Mm-hmm. And when, you know, yes. when I do this on the roadway, how come I can get in trouble? And, you know, why do police pick such and such? I mean, think about all the conversations that you can have, because a lot of times, you know, it may be people are working but if these managers and bosses will take the initiative mm-hmm. to come and show up, I guarantee people are going to have tons of questions. I get to talk to y'all all the time, <laughs> and I have, like, a lot of questions still. I'll be like, okay, why do we do it this way? And I know y'all told me, like, 20 times, but I have no memory. No, but seriously, so people can come and really talk to y'all. Absolutely, and that's what we want. Hey, you know what? You want to do the show at one of our locations? Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I like the idea. It sounds great. Okay. Sergeant Green, I would like to uh, <clears throat> point out that there's a man in this room who has the power to make that happen. <laughs> the guy who remembered to wear red today. Uh, yeah. I have a little of red over here. Uh, that guy right there, he can make it happen. <laughs> well, you know, he's the boss. The invitation is there. (laughs) Sounds good. I like it. No, but Mm -hmm. look, if we are at a location that is not in your precinct, we Mm -hmm. still encourage you to come. Um, We are going to be at three different locations on that morning. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. From 7 to 8, we will be at Dwyer's downtown. Mm -hmm. We will also be at M&S Grocery, located off of Louisiana Avenue. Yeah. Come have some um, boudin coffee. There you go. Yes, please. I like it. Uh-huh. And our third location, um, Starbucks at uh, Kali Saloon and Pinhook. Okay. If I wish there was a way I could yeah. figure out how to get to all three locations without breaking any laws, right? Okay. Uh-huh. So figure this out. First, I could go to Dwyer's, right? Mm-hmm. Pick myself up a biscuit, mm-hmm. run to Starbucks, get a cup of coffee, and then yeah. end up at M&S and having some delicious boudin. Oh, I love that boudin. So right? Oh. And I could, like, I could, like, be out there and be like, hi, and then run away. I guess... Speeding is not allowed. No, it's not. Oh, God, no. That's one of the things they're trying to deter, Bernie. <laughs> okay, y'all forget. I'm grandma. On that. <laughs> cool deal. So Coffee with a Cop happening on Tuesday, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. at one of those three locations, Dwyer's, Illuminous Grocery, and Starbucks on... 
Westbound Oak Road. Yes. All right. Thank you all so much for what y'all do. Love it. Oh, thank you. Thank y'all for having us. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, um, thank God for police officers. Let me uh-huh. just put it that way. Ooh, and I am grandma on the roads, by the way. <laughs> I'm that person that sometimes get in, gets in the left lane before I'm supposed to, right? But, okay, so I take a turn off of one road, and it's not that far before I have to get in the left lane to go home. But people like, mm, they're like, that old lady, that old lady driving 10 and 2, getting close to the wheel. All right, 846. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. This week, a bipartisan bill passed the House that would prevent the Biden administration from selling any more oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China. And it's just another example of how Biden has put America last. When it comes to energy independence, the Biden administration has become a hostile foreign occupying force, actively sabotaging our energy production, our pipelines, our refineries, not to mention food and material supply chains, all while blaming everyone else, from Putin to Trump to American businesses, even though this was all self-inflicted. Bottom line, our strategic petroleum reserves were not established so the Democrat Party could deplete them for their own political agenda. 131 Democrats voted for this bill, which begs the question, why did it not even come up for a vote when Nancy Pelosi was in charge? Return each weeknight with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Parr. From 9 to 10 p.m. on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Time to hop aboard the topic train here on KPL. I never do a good whistle. On no, the train. that was good. Nah, it was lame. Let's just be honest. N- no, Bernie, I thought it was good. Woo woo. No, now that was like. now that was lame. Okay, <laughs> you had more gusto in the other one. Bernie. Okay. <laughs> All right. So on this day in history, January thirteenth, nineteen ninety, Douglas Wilder became the first elected African American governor. As he took office in Richmond, Virginia. Cool. Um, what else do we have on the agenda today? I can't believe I didn't realize this until um, a while ago. Until huh? a while ago. Today is Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. What's that thing mm-hmm. you were telling me about yesterday? The word I never can pronounce uh, correctly. The Triska decaphobia. <gasps> I it, think I did it. Uh, Triska decaphobia or something. There's okay. Fear, there's that one, and then there's <coughs> excuse me. Fear of Friday the 13th, which is Paris Kevadikatria. I don't even know how to say that, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being look, serious. Look, like, look. good Lord. That is why people right there are afraid yeah. of Friday the 13th, because uh-huh. that word is too long. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's actually two words for it. Oh, my God. There's Paris Kevadikatriaphobia or Frigatriscadi. Caphobia. I don't even know. The friggle one name. seems more like it, it, it's it's appropriate for Friday the 13th. Anyway, fear of Friday the 13th. Um, so I guess, you know, don't walk any under any ladders. Yes. Cross paths with a black cat or break uh, a mirror. Yeah, no, none of that today for sure. <laughs> Do or none any of that. Day. I would not test uh, those powers. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, what else do we have here? Okay, so we got, you know, we just said goodbye to a couple of our police officers here. Mm-hmm. 
You know, they deal with some craziness. Yeah. All right, let's uh, head here, and, and I hope you didn't uh, tell this story yesterday, Bernie, what, in Houston. Um, I don't think so. A woman in Houston says a man approached her at a gas station the other night, started flirting with her. Oh. It's a horrible place to try a pickup line. <laughs> okay. When she declined his advances and stepped uh-huh. outside, he followed her. Well, he's a creeper. Yeah, she told him she had a boyfriend. He grabbed a purse and said, where's your boyfriend now, and then ran off. <gasps> Well, what a pig. I'm yeah, sorry. I just yeah, said no, that you're right. right. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Houston police. Well, they've got him on surveillance video and they're going to they're going to track him down. They're going to oh, catch him at some point. I guess so. Mm-hmm. What a big ugly. Yeah. Um, nice. That's not nice at all. All right. Let's go to Little Caesars Pizza Place in Cold Spring, Kentucky. Ryan Hopkins stumbled into there and announced to the crew working there that it was a stick up. Okay. The cooking crew didn't understand Ryan because he was really, really drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So they asked him to repeat himself. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Which he did. They then told him that he was drunk and he needed to go home, Uh which he tried to do but couldn't figure out how to operate the front door. (laughs) Remember the other day when the person that tried to break in was pulling instead of pushing? Yes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I love people. For him, he had no weapon, so he could only be charged with public intoxication. He forgot his weapon while trying to hold up the pizza place. Um, he's lucky he didn't get charged with more. Boy, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, dude, mm-hmm. stop drinking. And uh, our, our final crazy story of the morning before we uh, continue with some Cartridge World trivia. Well, we know that times are tight. Every dollar counts. Yes. And, well, a fight broke out between two exotic dancers at a club in Juneau, Wisconsin, the other night. Let your imagination go on that one, Bernie. I'm sorry. Uh, What what were they fighting about? The police report says the two dancers started throwing hands after they both thought they deserved a patron's $1 tip. (laughs) Customers had to break up the fight, and one of the dancers broke a heel and lost a hair weave. Gosh, where is oh. Ian and his um his his tumbleweed. tumbleweave at this time? You know, we're gonna have to go find his story and maybe update yeah. it. Uh huh. Are you? They're fighting over a dollar. A dollar. Hey, I get it. Okay, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh huh. Four thirty-five. We work hard for that dollar. I mean, seriously. You know? And four dollars thirty-five cents for yeah. a carton of eggs. Uh huh. Okay, and and I cheated on the Blue Runners the other day. <laughs> Um, I didn't buy the Blue Runners, the dried uh-huh. beans. Yeah. I got the Blue Runners in the can mm-hmm. so that I can have my red beans and rice with my low-carb rice yeah. uh-huh. from the Frugé Farms, yes. Paris Rice, right? <laughs> yes. I understand the power of a dollar. Uh-huh. But y'all, just say shake something else a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe somebody will offer up another dollar. I mean, come on. Oh, man. One dollar. One dollar. One all right, so I don't know how we make this transition. Apparently, someone did not shake it like their mama made it. Oh. <laughs> and apparently, her milkshake did not bring, bring all the boys all to the, the yard. To the yard. <laughs> it brought the cheap ones to the yard. <laughs> the cheapskates. Oh, man. Um, Again, I don't know how I'm going to make this transition, but we have to because okay. of time. Yes, sir. Cartridge World Trivia. All right, do I've it. I've got a couple trivia questions for I'm you. I'm ready. One dollar go... is my answer for everything, Bob. All right. One dollar. So, 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 car... <laughs> so, so, all right, our friends at Cartridge World, CartridgeWorldUSA.com, Cartridge World here in Lafayette. They want to help you with all your printing needs. 
We go from the exotic dancers yes. to the Golden Girls. Oh, boy. What were the four main characters' names in the TV series that ran from 85 to 92? Okay, so there was Blanche. Uh-huh. And Sophia. Uh-huh. And That's Dorothy. Two. Yes. And, gosh, what was Betty White's name? Uh, uh, Because, um, you know, they were so mean to her because she was kind of goofy. Well, I heard some off the off the camera things happen mm-hmm. there too. Oh yeah, help cause that. Yeah. Um. Well. Okay. Wait. There's Dorothy and Sophia mm-hmm. and uh, Blanche yes. Devereaux and. Um, <laughs> I love how you remember her last name. Uh, you know, what was Betty White's name? Character's mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll say Red, and maybe that'll help you remember. Rose. There you go. Yes. Thank you. Whew. Yes. That was rough. All right, what awards has an EGOT winner won? E-G-O-T. Think of the main awards that okay. are given out. These award shows An that Academy nobody watched. Uh, no, there's no A in that. E-G-O-T. Oh. Uh, those, those, all those, those award, award shows, shows that no one watches anymore. Uh, I don't know. Where, them. you know, you want to win like... Yeah. Um, Whatever of the year. <laughs> so the E is for Emmy. Oh, my god. Remember gosh. that? Okay, by Bernie, the G. Wait, once again. <laughs> it's a I'm a loser. <laughs> Straight up. Okay, so what do you think the G stands for? Um, Good. No. <laughs> Grammy. Yes, of course. The O stands for Oscar. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. T stands for Tony. Tony Award, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, one more final question. I know we're running out of time. Yes. We were talking about the Beatles a bunch in the 6 o'clock hour. Yes. Which member of the Beatles married Yoko Ono? Well, uh, John. You got him. All right. Mr. Lennon himself. Yes. So, so there you go. Myself. All right. I got a couple you of, did. You got most of the questions right. I can't believe I forgot Rose. Shame <laughs> on me. No, you didn't. You remembered. Yeah. You just need a little help, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So oh, Isn't it sweet for you to babysit uh-huh. your grandma? <laughs> <laughs> I love Brandon. Uh, he ta-tas me good. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did good, Bertie. You did good. You got your passing grade on, on the trivia today. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. All righty. Well, I guess until we get a chance to talk to one another again, mm-hmm. oh, we're all just humans. Can we try to love one another? Amen. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on.